that's for the one where I we talk about everyone. Oh yeah, the dish. The dish. Uh, the the gays in the yellow house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say your thing. Dish, 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 dish. That's what he thinks every other language sounds like. <laughs> it, were you watching Holland Drag Race, and that's why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, it's Meryl Streep and uh, Sophie's kid. Who's Sophie? Actually, her name is Sophie. And she doesn't choose herself. Oh my god. I can't even. I can't. I can't. Because I can't. I I just can't. can't. Let me punch it. Uh, Honestly, I don't know what I... I I don't know. (laughs) Am I supposed to sleep? I probably need to sleep. That's probably a factor. But, eh. (laughs) Being awake and... The twenty first century in this economy. In this economy, oh my, oh my God! You, you don't have me on Snapchat, but let me tell you, I went on some rants today about. Uh, so I bought Savannah a cake yesterday, um, and it's kind of like that cake that I bought you for your birthday that was supposed to be an Italian cream cake and it ended up just being a white cake, and I was all pissed about it. Well, the same thing happened. Red, she wanted a red velvet cake, so I went to HEB and it has like the nice like cream cheese frosting or whatever. For, I think it's cream cheese frosting. And it has like the like red velvet cake sprinkled around the outside. And uh, Aaron bit into it last night. Like took a fork, took some of it, and I just picked up the whole cake. <laughs> That's um, what I imagined. Um, and it was just a white cake. That's implied with a fork. Yeah. Well. Well, when I I feel like the wording that, that was I him used... opening the case and then he picks it up. <laughs> yeah, like a hamburger. Most people bite into it with a fork, not just. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, when I said bite into it, it just the wording was was what threw myself off. <laughs> I was like, mm, that sounds like he just. <laughs> I think <laughs> Which... should, I think that we should probably put that narrative forward that he Again, eats hamburger or cake like hamburger. A uh, fork, yeah, correct. Your listeners, no offense. Our. They can't yeah. see what we're doing. And they'd also be like, um, <laughs> yeah, we're not certain where Chris is going with the story. <laughs> it's accurate. Um, he could eat, because it was like one of those like long rectangle ones. That yeah, no, I think makes. he eats the cake <clears throat> like a hamburger. Hot dog. It would be a hot dog. It, oh, it's yeah, a hamburger. I mean, he holds it sideways. Yeah. Long way. <laughs> no, I feel like he eats his hot dogs like. I was going to say, what if you ate a hot, I was just about to say that. Like, what if you took a hot dog and just like ate it down the middle? Yeah. I'm going to start doing that <laughs> just to freak people out. That and have a Kit Kat bar, but eat it as an actual chocolate bar. Oh, without breaking them? Uh-huh. Mm. That's pretty good. Can one even do that? Halfway. like. Did you know that you can eat the skin of a kiwi? We've I wouldn't ha- recommend it. We've had it. this conversation on this podcast. Oh. I want to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Um, I've seen people just, like bite into them like apples. Yeah, I don't get it. Because I guess like the texture, just feeling the outside of a kiwi makes Leathery. me feel weird. Yeah, it's it, it's it, it, it's oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. You like skin. it? You like the skin of a kiwi? Oh, okay. <laughs> Would you like a mic? <laughs> just pull on up. <laughs> um, yeah, the the the. I guess like thinking the texture in my mouth, I just like. Oh, no, no, no. Do you ever have those things like the instances where like? You think about like a feeling yeah. or a sound, and it just like makes you like I've you know got what goosebumps. I do all the time that I hate, and I don't know why I do it. Is chewing chalk. You chew chalk? I don't, but I if I think about it, then I it's my teeth hurt. It's tums. <laughs> yeah, basically just uh. tums. Um, <laughs> or foil. Why are you chewing foil? I I'm not. One thing that I can't stand 
getting a little bit of napkin on your tongue. Oh, I don't care about. Oh, that. I can't. I like that. Like I, my entire body is like tensed up right now. That just like makes me feel so gross. Or like rubbing your like hand on a like a chalkboard. Not even your oh, nails. Just like your, your like like ooh, the nails. Yeah. Yeah. Like but like nails on. People listening to this podcast probably don't know what a chalkboard is. So. <laughs> Everything's digital. <laughs> Everything's digital. It's all. That's what I was telling Savannah. I was like, I love that shirts went like from zero to nothing real fucking fast. You remember smart boards in school? Yeah. Those electronic like presenter things. Um, we had chalkboards with chalk, and then went straight from chalkboards with chalk to smart boards. Like, oh no, we went went to whiteboards. We didn't between. have much dry erase boards. I think we maybe had like two years of dry erase boards before it turned into. Did you go to a different school? No. I lived in church my entire life. Well, I know. Maybe they changed the school. They might have. Because in my elementary school, they did, they had chalkboards. In my middle school, they had chalkboards until we moved over to the. Oh, new building. you mean like when you moved up? Yeah. No, because smartboards came out around what junior high school. I, don't, I think the only time school. the 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 only time that I saw um, what dry erase boards was um, fifth and sixth grade. Intermediate school. Hmm. Was your school broken up like that? Nope. Elementary, five, intermediate, six, junior high, high school. Nine, oh. nine through ten. Interesting. So you had elementary, middle, and high school. That's not important. That's a yeah. Random... Let me tell you a little bit more. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's delve further. In the sixth grade, I was bullied a lot for being a gay kid. Sixth grade and seventh and eighth. Seventh grade. I, grade that was when my off. bullying was probably the worst. Yes. Yeah, because that was when I like didn't actually know what being gay was. Like, oh, all. I was fully aware. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. Uh, I knew that I had a crush on this guy in band, like a huge crush, uh, because he had ha- athletics just the period before, and sometimes he like wouldn't be able to change out of his like gym clothes, and he just like be wearing his like really tight like uh, white t shirt and like really short gym shorts, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm gay." <laughs> yes, that's I'm me. I am rootin' tootin' gay. Um, yeah, but I, like, didn't know what that was, and they, like, everyone made fun of me and, and told me I was gay. You look like, you talk like a girl. Well, they also kept on calling me a poser, because I used to, like, pretend that I like basketball, because my older brother liked basketball, so I like basketball, too. (laughs) And so I... I I never fell for that fallacy. (laughs) Oh, I did. Um, and so I kept on being told that I was a poser, because they'd be like, oh, you don't know anything about basketball. I'm like, I, but I watch the Spurs. (laughs) But there, uh, I have a basketball. I have a basketball. I've played a basketball before. I've, I've done, played the basketball. I've done like a shoot and miss. I did a hoop. A hoop. I got a hoop. I got a, what, what are they called? A swish, 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 bish? Nothing but net. Uh, I got hoops. <laughs> They're hoop earrings. <laughs> nothing, nothing but like, net. Like Sinbad. <laughs> like, <ooh. laughs> Actually, yeah. didn't Shaquille O'Neal have an earring? A hoop earring? Oh, fucking no. Yeah. He what? I painted his toes. Oh, that's too far. That's, that's too gay. Far, yeah. <laughs> that's coming from me. Coming. From... That's gay. No, Cindy, you gay girl. You're gay girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, seventh and ninth grade were probably the worst ones for me. And then I then I got a girlfriend at the end of, of ninth grade, and I was like, look, I have a girlfriend. And then you ruined that girl's life. I did. I dated her for nine and a half months. We could have had a I dated baby. a girl for two years. Oh, that's true. Or Nicole. Aww. Hope you're having a good life. She's married now. Oh. Good for her. I don't know anything about what Emily's doing. I she, think she might actually be pregnant, too. She so. followed me to uh, 
Congratulations, Nicole. You just got knocked Because <laughs> I wasn't going to do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> My best wishes to your husband. <laughs> and your future baby. Thanks for doing what I couldn't. <laughs> Stop. Thanks for playing with that slot machine. Ah! <laughs> Point around slot, in that sloppy mess. Ooh. That's um, mean. I'm sure it's well kept. I don't know. Why do you know about her vagina? I don't. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, the furthest I went in nine months with dating. The reason why she broke up with me is because we weren't going fast. I, I'd only we never made out. I'd only like pecked her, not pegged. Peck, given her a peck, like a kiss, just like a little bit on the lips. And it took forever for me to go from the cheek to the lips. <laughs> it was like four months in. That with girl, that should have been some red flags for you. Red flags yeah, everywhere. Honestly, you did this <laughs> yeah, to yourself. You did this to yourself. There were so many signs. She was my best friend since like fifth grade. And so someone was like, oh, I think Emily likes you. Kristen, Kristen and Emily are good together. And that's when I was like, sure, I won't be getting bullied anymore. <laughs> Whatever the out is, I'll yeah, take it. I'll take it. And she was in my uh, biology class, which was the where most of the bullies were. were, were. My favorite thing about it is that me and Nicole shared no classes because she was kind of dumb. <laughs> Hey, Nicole. She's not listening. <laughs> she She's not listening. What if we get famous and she's like, ooh, I'm going to go listen to Spencer's podcast. Well, she's then like, I'm sorry, Nicole, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you would agree. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I am. But I, also- we, I need to pause this and tell you why. Sophomore year? What? We're back on now. Okay. Whenever I at the whenever I got broken up with, that was the beginning of my sophomore year, and- uh, um, I like. I think I cried a lot just because I. No, that was in middle. It was like December that I got broken up with. You're um, like, I'm gonna get bullied again. That's exactly like. That's why I cried so much. My mom thought it was because I like really loved her, and she was like, <laughs> the entire time I was <laughs> really? like, she, she's over her? here like, are you sure you loved her? Like, and I was like, yes, I loved her so much. She's like, okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but, help me take the coke out yeah. of the car. <laughs> She's like, okay, stop crying now. Um, and then I got a uh, drum major like four months later, and being popular after that just made all the bullying disappear. I still heard like the snide remarks and shit like that, but it was like I was now in charge of shit, and people liked me. So <laughs> whatever. What was that like when was, people liked you? Because it's not happening it anymore. Was awesome. Shirts. There. Steel High School was a, a weird. Um, a weird enigma where all the popular kids were the ones that were involved in everything. So like they were all like, like even the star football players, they were all in like AP classes um, and like involved in band too. And like, it was always funny to like see us marching on the field because sometimes it would be football players in their football uniforms, just like walking around their trumpets, like doing their, their marching too. It was really entertaining. <laughs> so what you're saying is we're in a whole lot of kids. There was 2,500 people. Oh, my God. It was a very large high school. And they couldn't find one kid to do the trumpet and the other do a football? He did both. Yeah, why? There could have been a spot for another child. Oh, my God. He was a good football player and a good trumpeteer. Trumpet player. It's a, it's a trumpetist? <laughs> it's called a flutist, okay? <laughs> yeah, you order them at a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> Flutas. <laughs> You order flutas at a Mexican restaurant. Oh, no. Oh, no. I love that. Wow. Um, welcome to our Spoopy Podcast. <laughs> yeah. We just went on a long... That was a lot of tangents that 
we never finished any of this the thoughts i feel like we do that a lot so yeah probably used to it yeah how did this, this uh, we got to bullying and dating ex-girlfriends and being popular in high school from um kiwis <laughs> Mm-hmm. Kiwis. <laughs> Kiwis. Have you ever played the game on Wikipedia where like you're like a rabbit hole? You're told you're yeah, you're supposed to find you're given two topics and you're supposed to be able to get from one topic to the other in as little clicks as possible. Oh, that's fun. I've it's never it's it. actually a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I'm gonna play it right now. I'm actually really good at it. While he's doing his story. <laughs> yeah i'll do it while you do your story well i'm talking you're just like click 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 look i did it yeah uh-huh and oh somebody died okay i won oh uh-uh, uh-uh. you're like okay chris what are what are the two topics that i need nobody died, nobody died? do you know if it was oh. our two topics that we're doing today it wouldn't be very difficult it actually wouldn't because it'd be very similar we'd get there very quickly we would but you know what yeah yes brooklyn we would i love that um you know what else we love um, I have a feeling you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Big Bones! Big Bones! Hey, Spencer, let me ask you a question. No. Heart Does, emoji. <laughs> heart emoji. Does 2020 have you feeling spoopy? 100%. Are our listeners feeling anxious lately, especially when we start to witch cackle? <laughs> <laughs> Well, did you know that your dog can quickly pick on the plate? Let me do this again. Well, did you know that your dog can quickly pick up on those feelings and those witch cackles? Don't worry. Our sponsor, Baked Bones, is here to help. Baked Bones. Their dog bones are made from organic, all-natural, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil. And their products are here to provide you a peace of mind and relief to your anxious pup. And hey, you can even use code SPOOPY15. SPOOPY15. To get 15% off of your bag of delicious treats or hemp oil tincture today. Check out their Instagram at BakeBones or their website at BakeBones.com to find some information and reviews on how they've been helping out other dogs too. Need your big bones in a pinch? You can always stop by and help support local businesses at Man Ready Mercantile in the Houston Heights and on South Congress Street in Austin. Baked Bones. Wealth. Um, I also want to talk about a dog thing. Oh, I love dogs. Uh, do you want a clean pet without all the hassle? Absolutely. Packing Fido up in the car and driving them all over town is a chore that many of us pet owners rarely enjoy, enjoy doing. What if instead, you could have the groomer come straight to you? With Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks, you, you can! can! Aussie Pet Mobile has spacious, custom-designed mobile units with all the luxuries of the salon. AC, heat, electricity, and water. No hookups needed. And they never use kennel dryers or harsh chemicals during the grooming process. Their vans ensure that your groomer has the ability to take care of all of your pet's needs, including hair care to paw care and everything in between. They even offer special services such as de-shedding treatments, whitening treatments, hair styling, dead sea mud baths, dark color enhancing treatments, and facials. Their groomers are trained and certified and will pamper your pets with a personal, 100% cage-free, one-on-one experience, all All in the the comfort comfort of of your your own driveway! driveway. Or your uh, alleyway Mm -hmm. in front of your apartment. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, in the woods, maybe. There, too. Uh, You know what else Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks is good, is trained on? Good social distancing practices! Make your appointment and be sure to ask about our contact-free pet grooming service. Aussie Pet Mobile. 
Buff. Um, also, I do have to say, whenever we're listing off all of the amazing treatments that Aussie Mobile provides, uh, I only for think our... of Lady Gaga. Uh, that's what I was going to say too, bitch. I was going to say, bus, another club, club. Another club. <laughs> bus, plane, plane. No, no sleep. sleep. <laughs> and if you didn't hear it, I'll give I'll it to you, you again. De-shedding treatments, whitening treatments. <laughs> exactly. I love that. The power that has. We appreciate that. The icons of the gays. You know. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Um, I had a thought, but now it's gone. <laughs> Heart emoji. <laughs> Shooting stuff. Shooting Shining stuff. Stars. <laughs> and that's it. I don't know where I was going with that. You want to talk about spoopy things? Sure. Or you have something else? You want to have another topic before we um, dive in? Yeah. Uh, I would really like to talk about um, why you royalty. asking all them questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but I guess you got to tell me, so let me know. Oh, tell you what? About all the questions I'm uh, asking you got a problem with. Fat bitch. <laughs> Slow down, public school. Calm down, public school. <laughs> back it up, back it up, back, back. I don't back. think that Trixie Mattel has elbows. What do you think? I don't think she does. I don't either. Because there was that one thing that she did where she's like, facing backwards and like she just kind of like walked out of the room right like with her arms like doing a weird like thing mm-hmm. that her arms are just like straight and i also feel like her knees are like barbie's knees well she basically is a doll the doll walls see but she's like a cabbage patch doll terrifying she's like annabelle oh do you want me to wear my mask the whole no time? do not i got a really nice mask I got a really nice mask. Although my cloak is not working out very well. Oh. Oh. So I'm oh. just going to wear a plaid t-shirt and jeans. And a mask. And a mask. And you can be, you can just carry around a chainsaw. No, I'm thinking no, like no. a simple kitchen knife. Okay. Okay. I'm into that too. But like one of the really big ones. No, like a bread knife. <laughs> I The long serrated ones? No, like a dinner bread knife. Oh, a butter knife. We call those butter knives. No, maybe a steak knife then. Okay, so still a little jagged. Yeah. A uh, bit of serrate, a bit of not serrated. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh. All right. All right. <laughs> um, Stupid. What are we... Who, whose turn was it? I think it's yours. My turn? Okay. Um, well, we're back. Talking about the... Spoobiest gay- of spoops. Oh, yes. Gayest and great... Oh. No, actually, neither of these are homosexuals. We were talking about... um women killers tonight mm-hmm. um we decided to give you a bonus episode because this episode comes out on november Wait. yes so this episode comes out on yours truly favorite holiday our it's our, our spoopy hall holiday our spoopy holiday all spoopy holiday all hallows Eve. we're doing something different that we have not done since our first episode that we released on a Saturday instead of our released normal Sundays. Saturday. We're going to re- – no, I don't even think – I think we just released it on a day that we were like, we recorded. We do it. Just post it. It's Wednesday. <laughs> just get it out there. Get that first episode out there. Uh, yeah, we're doing it on – not on a Sunday. We're doing it on a Saturday just, just for you. Just for you. Just for you. For you. <laughs> for you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jackie Jack Cox. Jack K. Jack um, K. Cox. Yeah. What I was going to say is, I remembered when we were witch cackling about baked bones. I was like, "Oh my god, think about the fact that Halloween is on a full moon this year." Um, 
don't let any virgins light the black flame candle. Oh, yeah, because then the, uh, the Anderson sisters. Sanderson sisters. Will, Anderson, Anderson sisters. sisters uh, they will come out and they will uh, they'll put a spell on you. Do you like Hocus Pocus? I love Hocus Pocus. I had not seen Hocus Pocus until like two or three years ago. I'm a bad gay. You're a horrible gay. Yeah. I'm you also, know what else I love? What? Halloween Town. I don't think I've ever seen Halloween Town. Debbie Reynolds. I don't know about it. Debbie Reynolds. Uh, she, saying her name again and louder is not <laughs> clarifying anything for me. She's a wonderful actress from the 50s who also gave birth to Carrie Fisher. Oh. Got it. And she's in Halloween And Carrie Fisher Town. gave birth to Chanel Number no. 5. Carrie Fisher's daughter she... is in Scream Queens. Her name is <laughs> Chanel number five? Yes. Because there's Chanel. There's Chanel number two, which is Ariana Grande, and she dies. Um, <sighs> and then Chanel number four and it's Chanel number five. There was a Chanel number so three. So her name but... is not actually Chanel number five in real life. No, bitch. Her name is Brittany Fisher. I don't know what her real name is. Carrie Bradshaw. Is it? Tiffany McPherson. Yep. Who's McPherson? Er, fierce. Work, bitch. Eat him up, cats. No? <laughs> Anyways, so um, we're going to continue all of our uh, spoopy things. And since we are releasing this early, this is still going to be within the month of October. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my laugh sounds like all the time. <laughs> oh, that's no, that's a Halloween laugh. Well, that one, I meant like my cackling. Was okay, I'm going like, to do another one. That's a bird. That was a crow. Is it a grackle? It's a grackle. Grackle. It's a grackle. You don't like that. That's stupid. They're crows. No, they're fucking grackles. They're ravens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Raven. Gay icon. You never watch Teen Titans. No. Never mind. She's not a gay icon. If that's... Gays don't watch superhero shows. Yes, You're the they only do. One. That, you are the only one that doesn't. No, they identify with these. Okay, whatever. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about. Some... If you're a gay, let us know. If you if you're listening to this podcast and you're gay, let us know. <laughs> and if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're not gay, why? <laughs> <laughs> we have some literature for you. <laughs> how to understand if you're homo? <laughs> it's called. How to Survive as a Woman by Trixie and Katya. Available on Amazon. Yeah, they had their, their book out. We should write a book. Modern Woman. Modern Woman, yeah. Uh, the Guide to Modern Womanhood. We should write a book as like the guide to dealing with homos. If you're straight, I have some literature for you. It is the uh, Britney Spears album cover. Yes, honestly. any Anything. You better work, bitch. Um, well, so we're going to continue, uh, our last of the gayest and, no, I can't keep saying that. Infamous and... In craziest, uh, murders, kidnappings, crazy stories, uh, insanity, uh, and we'll wrap this thing up. And we're going to wrap this up with a bang, honey. These we are got some s- of the, the big, the heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Uh, these are the heaviest hitters that we've gotten so far. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about the Golden State Killer. Oh my God, Colorado? Yeah, you're like, oh yeah, Golden State. Yeah, that's not close to to where I'm at, right? Uh, no, they're literally in California. <laughs> they found gold in Alaska too. Yukon, Golden State. Yeah, but that was uh, in the what 20s, 1920s, and then everyone died because it was cold. Yep, and they had no water. There's water. It's icy. It's a little frozen. A little, a little cold up there. And I don't think they ever actually found much gold up there. Oh, I have no idea. I don't oh. care. And, and, anyways. They're Republican. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I watched. Um, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast and you're a Republican, why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that we're making fun of you, but also you deserve it. <laughs> that you've asked for this. <laughs> um, I watched this. Like I guess it's called the Bush People of Africa or of, of Alaska. No, not the Bush People. The Bush People. I think it's the Bush people There's of people Alaska. In... Anyways, they lived out in the woods and they'd never had a dentist. And they went to the dentist. They had to pull like seven teeth. Ugh. Uh, I used to. There was one program that I watched that was um, about like people living so far out in Alaska that they had to get like monthly groceries delivered by train. That like they and they'd have to walk for miles to get down to the train tracks, and the train would meet them. And sometimes if the train didn't come because there was too much snow, they would have no idea that the train wasn't coming. And then they just, like, wouldn't have food. So then, like, they had, they had to, like, ration themselves. And it's like, okay, you're... Why you're, don't you move? You're, you're making your life harder. That's, also, this is, you get paid to live in Alaska. I know. It's like, this is, this is your fault. This is your fault. And there's oil there. Well, I don't think this man was working on oil. <laughs> I don't think he had a job. I don't think, yeah, I think he was just living out there on what he could take from the land, which I kind of always felt like I would enjoy that life a little bit. Yeah, but I want to do it in, like, North Carolina. I want to do it where it's like, oh, well, my vegetables didn't grow. Let me go to the grocery store. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to do it in the middle of uh, the Alaskan uh, wilderness. I want to do it outside of Miami. But also, imagine if you just died. No one would have any idea. You're just you're you're just dead. You're just dead. Wouldn't recommend it. Because you have no friends. I'm talking about you specifically, not in. <laughs> I have the my animal friends. <laughs> Who Kennedy? Uh huh. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes not. There's a house over here mm-hmm. with a lot of trees mm-hmm. that I think is haunted. But also, they have some... are the trees your friend? No. Oh. Um, they actually don't really like me very much. Uh, I don't know why. The trees are the about people. The, the trees. Okay. Um, there's some the trees royale. Oh, did I pull this out? No, we're okay. Hello. Hello. My thing's not lighting up anymore. It's your fault. It's you were in the podcast. Up. Shut I up. I just thought I, oh, I did unplug my headset. I can still hear them. It's, we're okay. Okay. Tell me about your podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about the trees. There's a bird in there. Is it an owl? No, I don't know what it is. I don't understand the call. Is it a mockingbird? No. Is it, does it screech? Does it scream? No. What does it sound like? I can't think of it right now. But it's like... Oh, you can hear that. Yeah, no. Oh, that's, do that. that's gross. Scratching Don't my beard. That. No, that was you grinding your teeth. <laughs> it's like the rattlesnake noise from RuPaul. <laughs> that's what I do to get people away, too. <laughs> I'm itchy! Get away from it's me. It's lice. <laughs> I have beard lice. Can you get lice in your beard? I, well, I, I can't imagine not. Okay, Sometimes, we're like 30 minutes in. Okay, Let's sorry. Go. Uh, I always think, like, what if I have fleas? <laughs> you know? You do. I, you seem to <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm going to talk about the Golden State Killer. So... Between 1973 and 1986, California saw a wave of serial killings, serial rapes, and burglaries. Uh, This was also because there were a lot of serial killers in California this time. Uh, Because during that time frame, we have the Zodiac Killer, we have uh, Richard Ramirez, uh, Ted Bundy in the 60s. Was that when he was there? Uh, Uh, No, he wasn't there in the 70s. Okay. But, I mean, people were still dying. (laughs) Theodore. Yes. 
Um, so in the San Joaquin Valley, there was a person known as the Vis- I practice this Vesalia, Vesalia, Vesalia Ransacker, uh, or Vesalia. There's not two S's, so I, I went with the hard like S sound. Vesalia. Vesalia. Uh, in the Sacramento area, there was a similar modus operandi, operandi. It's not operandi. Uh, linked. Uh, also, one thing that I learned today, and this makes me feel really, 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 really stupid because almost everything makes me feel really, really stupid um, because I'm really, really stupid. Um, I just put two and two together that modus operandi and people saying, oh, that we have his MO. That's what that means. Yeah. I just put that together. That or it's modus operandi or main objective. Okay. But I mean, they mean the same thing. I say that all the time. What did you think I was talking about? I don't think I've ever heard you say MO. Their MO. Their but, MO was this. Yeah, but. And then you're like, uh, uh, moderate. I, I didn't know what it meant, but like I understood the context of it. Like, this is, you know, what they did kind of thing, you know? Anyways, it doesn't matter. In the Sacramento area, there was a similar similar modus operandi uh, linked uh, linked crimes to the air, uh, East Area Rapist. Uh, and then there were serial murders in Santa Barbara, Ventura, and Orange Counties, where the killer was known as the Night Stalker, and later the original Night Stalker due to the serial killer Richard Ramirez also being called the Night Stalker <laughs> around the same time. Um, it was not until 2013 that all of these crimes were linked over 40 years later, uh, and the term was coined the Golden State Killer. You may ask, who is the Golden State Killer? Well, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for everyone. Somebody from Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, his name is jo- <clears throat> excuse me, Joseph James D'Angelo. Uh, he was born in New York. He was actually born in Bath, New York. And oh, I read that to Savannah earlier, and she was like, he was born in a bath? I was like, no, he was born in the city. <laughs> He's born in a tub. In a tub. <laughs> She's from Lufkin, okay? So she, she don't know no she, difference. She was born in a tub. You were born in a tub? You can only get one of those three <laughs> months out of the year. <laughs> oh, who is she? The Turpin family? Ugh. Call back. <laughs> Call back to yes, yesterday. Last week's episode. Um, it, he lived in a, mili- in a military family and was stationed all over the place. Uh, at one point, he lived in West Germany and reportedly witnessed his seven-year-old sister being raped by two Air Force men. Um, he also reportedly, oh, I'm sorry, also reportedly later, one of the sisters, uh, later stated that she and the other children were routinely abused by their father. That's all we really got from his early life. D'Angelo attended high school in California and reportedly was torturing and killing animals. Uh, he was also committing burglaries at this age as well. Um, so he's starting off well, doing great. Um, he enlisted in the Navy in 1964 and served in Vietnam, um, he then went to college in California and got an associate's in, uh, police science and then a bachelor's in criminal justice in 1971. That's wild to me. Uh, and then additional police training. He got additional police training and then a 32 week internship with the Roseville police department. So he worked as a cop. Huh? And le- yeah. So, so, so weird that we see this today as well. Sips white cloth. <laughs> refreshing um so from may of 1973 to august of 1976 he was a uh, burglar unit police officer in the town of exeter a town of about 5,000 people near vesalia um yep he's got some burglary in his past he probably knows what's what what the deal he is. never he didn't get caught for those no he was just 
he he was the police that would be called <laughs> if someone burgled you, and he's the one doing it. <laughs> what? Um, he then pretty ser- standard. Yeah, exactly. He then served from August 1976 to July of 1979 when he was a. Oh, he yeah, he served as a police officer, and then he was arrested for shoplifting a hammer and a dog repellent, uh, and then was sentenced to six dog repellent. Yeah, he hates dogs. <laughs> Where does one even? What is that even? I have no idea. Mace for dogs? They well, I mean, that? They, I know there's like camping supplies that have like deer repellent and like bear repellent and stuff like that. For bear repellent, yes, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, but so I'm sure there's something similar for dogs. I don't know what's going to repel them. Acid. <laughs> no. Why is that the first thing I go to? You throw a stake the other way. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Don't chase me, bears. I mean, dogs. And they're like, oh, I want to eat him, but the steak is so tasty. Uh, I can't eat his, I can't munch on his ankles, so. Actually, no, it's just Fine. begging strips. Begging strips, begging strips. Ooh, begging, are you aching for some begging? Begging, 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 Yes. Uh, oh, jingles. It's not even a jingle. It's just a commercial. It's just a person pretending to be a dog. Yeah. And I thought that commercial was lit, lit. honey. I'd be like, <laughs> like the bacon. this is it. That dog wants that bacon. Well, I feel like I said this on the podcast before, and I probably haven't. I, we're 76 weeks in, and I'm sure we've repeated a lot of things we've said. So I've never said the same thing twice. So you guys can just get over it. You're still listening. Keep listening. Um, but um, I love commercials. And I do because I don't ever watch commercials. Yeah, we don't get commercials anymore. Exactly. I don't. I don't have commercials besides like on Hulu, and they play the same five on repeat every single time. It's there's always a commercial. Liberty Mutual. Exactly. Uh, but no, I'm talking about like when I go home and like watch my parents' cable. I'm like, oh my god, that commercial! Like I'll die laughing. My dad is like, I've seen this three hundred times. Well, it's not. It was never even funny to begin with, and like I'm just like that commercial is so funny. Yeah, that's me. My parents like commercials too, so whenever we're I'm over, they'll be like, "Oh, this is a good commercial," and you're like, and "I'm like, I've never." They're like, "You've never seen that commercial before?" I was like, "Yeah, literally no." Yeah, and that's, it, I don't watch commercials. <laughs> Heart emoji. <laughs> shooting, star, shooting, shooting star. star. Sprinkle, sprinkle, uh, sprinkle, sparkle. There you go. Um, so he was. I love this part. So he served from August to um, July of 1979. So three years. And he got caught for stealing a hammer and dog repellent and was sentenced to six months probation, but then didn't get fired until October. Girl, you just stole. You're you're doing what you're doing. That doesn't make him a <laughs> bad d- guy. Obviously. Welcome to police in 2020. He oh, pushed that man over and he's bleeding. Hey, hey yeah. make him a bad guy. That, that The police. He's just doing his job. He was doing his job. He his doesn't get to pick the videos, laws. He's just enforcing them. Yeah. The video of this man being shoved down. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, anyways, so during this process of being fired from the city, D'Angelo threatened to kill the police of the chief of police and allegedly stalked the chief chief's house. You're doing real great for yourself, sir. Um, in May of 1970, D'Angelo became engaged to Bonnie Jean Colwell, but she broke it off the relationship with D'Angelo after he threatened her with a gun in order to force her to marry him. How romantic. I I love that. I do too. It's like, hey, you want to marry me? If you don't, I'm going to break your I, ankle. I have this gun pointed at your face. Uh, no? Yeah. Heart emoji? I'm so in love. Oh, well. 
so in November of 1973, he married Sharon Marie Huddle in Placer, California. Um, she became an attorney in 1982. They had three daughters, two of whom were born in Sacramento and one in Los Angeles, uh, before the couple separated in 1991. Uh, but they didn't, they separated in 1991, but they didn't get divorced until 2018. No, 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 filed for divorce in 2018, and then were divorced in 2019. But at this point, this is also after he's already been caught. Well, that's also, people of a boomer generation are like, can't get a divorce. That would be, oh, against the church. Yeah, but the fact that you you went for 17 years of just being separated and not actually divorced, why? You're also a lawyer. What's the issue? One of my uh, favorite movies, Grey Gardens, mm. um, the the husband had left them for like years. She's the the woman he left is like seventy some. Little Edie. Yeah, and or no Big Edie. Oh, Big. And Edie. Lead, little Evie, Edie is talking about the divorce, and she's like, "Yes, no, they separated, but they were never divorced." Oh god. Oh, he got a fake Mexican divorce, but it wasn't recognized by the church. Oh my gosh, it wasn't recognized by the church. Oh, Grey Gardens. It's like. A fake Mexican divorce? I don't know what that means. <laughs> you went to Mexico to get a divorce? I don't think that, they do that, that. That doesn't. That's not how that, that works. You're 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 married, married in with the, the, the government. Yeah, <laughs> filed underneath the government. Maybe with the church, you're not married anymore. But does that mean anything? No. Heart emoji. <laughs> I Twinkle. can't stop saying that. No. <laughs> Title of the episode. No heart, heart emoji. <laughs> I don't think we can do that. Ah, I wish. Damn. <laughs> Just put in parentheses. <laughs> Heart emoji. Um, anyways, so... Oh, so then his brother-in-law later says that D'Angelo casually would bring up the uh, East Area Rapist in conversation around the time of the original crimes. Um, his neighbors also reported D'Angelo frequently uh, because he was engaged in loud and profane outbursts. Uh, one, per one neighbor reported that his family received a phone message from D'Angelo threatening to deliver a load of death. Because of their barking dog. <laughs> this is just a... This is Son of Sam. Yeah. That's, My family never gets any sleep and we're gonna die that's because exact, of you. This little line, I was like, this is Son of Sam. You guys are both fucking crazy. And we'll find out later why he was motivated to do what he did. <laughs> you know what, Brooklyn? They are. They are. They're very similar. Um, so, they're both crazy. They're both fucking crazy. Uh, so now let's talk about the Vasilia Ransacker. I, <laughs> Ransacker? I barely know her. I wrote that down. <laughs> no. I did. You want to see? I wrote it. I don't want to see. Okay. And I, no. No. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. Um, so it had been long thought that the crimes committed in Vizalia were connected to the later East Area Rapist, but in the mid-70s, this was not able to be confirmed. Because I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's, yeah, you'll tell us about it later. Over a period of about 20 months, D'Angelo is believed to have been responsible for one murder and around 120 burglaries. Um, most of the ransackers' activities involved breaking into houses, going through or vandalizing the owners' possessions, scattering women's underclothing, stealing coins and low-value or personal items, uh, while often ignoring banknotes and other valuable items in plain sight. Uh, so he wasn't going for money. He was just doing it to for do fun. it for fun, just to fuck with people. Um, the first recorded ransacking was on March 19th of 1974 when, <clears throat> excuse me, $50 in coins was stolen from a piggy bank. He takes notes from, uh, the Mansons. Yeah. 
the ransacker would off also often arrange or just dis uh, display items in the house uh so like he would set things up after he had destroyed the house basically they'd go around and just move shit yeah just like a five inches to the left or yeah. something yeah uh well he was definitely doing basically the same thing um except he was also destroying shit uh, I, items emptied included piggy banks and coin jars, uh, and stolen items often included blue chip stamps, foreign or historic coins, uh, and personal items such as single earrings, cufflinks, rings, or medallions, like, not really big deals. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just gonna take one of your cufflinks, what are you gonna do? No, he's going in there and be like, <laughs> they're gonna be so ticked off and they find it's not <laughs> there. It's not they there. They can't use them anymore because they only have one. Exactly. Uh, this also included... You know who that would never affect? You. George Michael. Oh. Only one earring. That's, yeah, he only had one ear pierced. He had the gay one pierced. Remember when that was a thing? Like, oh, what ear did you have pierced? When I was, was 13, it... I got my ears pierced. You got both of them pierced. I got them both pierced so nobody could say anything. So but also, I wanted gay. both pierced. <laughs> You're like, I just wanted the, what was the gay one, the left one? <laughs> I was like, I couldn't remember, so I got them both pierced. I just wanted both. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I feel like Barbie. <laughs> I'm so pretty. <laughs> I look just like Lady Diana. <laughs> Stop. Um, so he also took like six weapons in these 120 things and various types of ammunition. Uh, multiple same-day ransackings were common as well, including 12 separate inc incidents uh, on November 30th of 1974. Twelve. Girl, you busy. Uh, common M.O.'s. For the burglaries. Mammalary, mammalary orgasms. Yes. Mammalian orangutans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of the burglaries included uh, scaling fences and moving through established routes such as parks, walkways, ditches, and trails. Uh, attempting to pry open multiple points of entry, including the windows. I had too much spit in my mouth. Uh, LOL. <laughs> leaving multiple points of escape open, uh, especially windows as well as the house, uh, garage, and garden doors. Uh, moving, rem uh, moving removed window screens onto beds or into bedrooms. Placing warning items such as dishes or bottles against the doors on and on door handles. So I guess if someone moved the door handle, it will fall off. So he's like, I'm out. Uh, wearing And he also wore gloves because it was – Almost never any fingerprints that were found. Because um, he's a police officer. Exactly. Uh, on And this is when he was a police officer. Because he was a police officer until what? What did I say? 1976 or whatever? Mm. Yes. No, 1970. 1979. 19 all the way until he was killing people. Um, oh! You gave it away. I already said it. Oh. <laughs> I already said he murdered someone. Did I? Oh. Yeah, I already said it. Oh. Uh, responsible for one murder. Yeah, so he did kill someone. Okay, calm down. Um, public school. But calm down, public school. Uh, oh, there we are. Um, so on September 11th of 1975, D'Angelo broke into the home of Claude Snellings, age 45. Um, I don't know why I have his address in there. <laughs> I love that. I always wondered that. I do too. And the fact that I didn't on that, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's just very important for everyone to know that he lived I in 1463 exactly. Maple Drive. Exactly. Um, Snelling had previously chased a prowler who was discovered under his daughter's window around 10 p.m. on February 5th of 1975, so several months earlier. Uh, but then on September 11th, 
He was awakened around 2 a.m. by strange noises. Upon leaving his bedroom, Snelling shouted and ran through the back, uh, open back door and confronted a ski-masked intruder in his carport attempting to kidnap his daughter, who had been subdued with threats of being stabbed or shot. Uh, Snellings was then shot twice, st- uh, sag- staggered back into the house to his wife, and then later died. Uh, after the shooting, the assailant fled the scene, leaving behind a broken bicycle. Uh, once again, another address. Shit. Leaving behind a broken bicycle. Uh, after the murder, Beth Snelling, age 16, a cheerleader at Mount... I did not... It doesn't matter where she was a cheerleader. <laughs> she was a cheerleader. She also, it didn't matter that she was a cheerleader. She... No. She got away. She... He, yeah, he got away and she was okay. But she was the one who was... Being kidnapped. kidnapped. Uh, they put her in hypnosis. Like, just put her to sleep and get more details. Do you believe in hypnosis? Uh, no. I don't either. I think it's, like, honestly, you'd probably have better luck if you just get someone really drunk. Or high. Or both. I would do high. I would do high. I'd do high. It unlocks some things, you know? It makes you feel the earth. You know, the world just transforms. Ugh. And the you feel feeling. like you're in an Herbal Essence commercial from <laughs> late 2000s. Garnier Fruit Teas. <laughs> yes. Yes. I always used to laugh at the, the hair commercials when they'd like get the hair sopping wet and just like fling the hair in different directions. Like, why? Your bathroom is messy, <laughs> If you are splashing that water that much, you got some problems, okay? Like the, the face wash commercials are better. It's just like... Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you your mirror is dirty. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, uh, if I wash my face in the sink, I'm just like sitting there like lapping the water onto myself. Like, <laughs> like okay, a... okay, <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, normally I just do it in the shower because it's faster and easier. Ours and is... I don't get water all over my sink. Now that I have tiny little baby little doll sinks, mm-hmm. I really have to just, I squat, <laughs> they're like a two full two feet down. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, <laughs> please. A little bit. please give me some water sir <laughs> stupid um yeah so she went under underwent hypnosis to get uh further details uh the Vizalia police department also committed more resources to apprehending the ransacker uh and a four thousand dollar reward which is around nineteen thousand dollars in 2020 almost twenty thousand dollars um Nighttime stakeouts were set up near houses that had been previously prowled, uh, but the ransacks continued. Ransackings? Ransacks? Ransackings. Um, Around 8.30 p.m. on December 12th of 1975, a masked man entered the backyard of a house near where the ransacker had been reported to frequent. Um, When Detective William McGowan on stakeout inside the garage attempted to detain the man, uh, the suspect shrieked, shrieked! Uh, I just <laughs> shriek just makes me laugh. Uh, removed his mask and then feigned surrender after McGowan fired a warning shot at him. However, after jumping the fence to the next house over, he also pulled out a revolver with his left hand and fired once near McGowan's face, shattering his flashlight. Nearby officers rushed to aid McGowan, and the shooter was able to escape. Uh, items collected as evidence included the flashlight, tennis shoe tracks, and dropped loot. They were blue chip stamps and a blue sock full of coins. So once again, same MO. You're taking nonsense. Stamps and coins. Why? Um, so now He's got a lot of letters to send. Obviously. Uh, so now it's for his stamp collection. Yes. Uh, so now let's move on to the East Area Rapist. 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 Ra- East Area Rapper. You know what's worse than uh, a rapist? 
A child. Boom, a child. <laughs> no. No, no. Um, D'Angelo moved to the Sacramento area in 1976, where his crimes escalated from burglary to rape. Uh, the crimes initially centered on... Do you ever re- read that word as Burl Gary? Bur- Burl... No. I do. Burl Gary. I like saying it as like two different words or adding lots of syllables. Burglary. 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 Because there's no A between the G and the L. It's burglary, but I say burglary. Burglary. Um, burgle. Burgle. That's also a good one. Because that's, that's actually the noun. Or not the noun, the verb. To burgle. To burgle. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the crimes initially centered on the then unincorporated areas of Carmichael, Citrus Heights, and Rancho Cordova, east of Sacramento. Uh, his initial modus operandi was to stalk middle-class neighborhoods at night in search of women who were alone in one-story homes, usually near a park, uh, or I'm sorry, near a school, creek, trail, or other open space that would provide a quick escape. Uh, he was seen a number of times, but was always but ha- always successfully fled. On one occasion, he was shot and seriously wounded. Um, oh, he shot and seriously wounded a young pursuer. Um, also the number of times that they talk about him jumping fences, I was like, how, cause I'm imagining like those giant, like wooden fences that are like six or seven feet tall. Th- those aren't just easy to climb. Oh yeah, they are. You have to climb as a kid. Okay. Well, I have no upper body strength, so. Oh. Uh, what? Uh, how are you climbing up on that? Well, you can't do it on the sheer face one. You have to do it on the side that has the. Yeah, I know, but three rungs. Oh, we only had two rungs, and they were like only like a foot off the ground, and then a foot from the top. So you have a full like five feet that you're not. How do you get up to the next rung? I've done it. Okay, but I'm not doing it fast. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it like super fast either. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how he was, especially the last instance where... Well, if you're not worried about hurting yourself, I'm sure you could get over it really Just quick. bounce over. Well, I he... The the cop had a gun pointed at him and fired a warning shot at him, and then all of a sudden, the guy was like, gonna climb over the fence now! Bang, bang! Shot behind him, like... What? Why did you just shoot him? You're not... You're not supposed to shoot, you're right. We already... What's happening? Uh, ghosts. 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 Anyways. Um, uh, um, most victims had seen or heard a prowler on their property before the attacks, and many had experienced break-ins. Uh, police believed the offender would conduct extensive reconnaissance in a targeted neighborhood, looking into windows and prowling in their yards before selecting a home to attack. Bitch, how do you have time? When do you sleep? When do these people sleep? These people who are like... BTK, when he would stalk the people for for hours, he obviously wasn't doing it whenever he was supposed to be at home with his family because the family didn't ever suspect that something was weird. So he's doing this in the middle of the night. Yep. When are you sleeping, bitch? I feel like in the 70s you could be like tell your wife, I'm going to have drinks with Bob and Jim. Yeah. and just Don't go. worry about it. And, and she'd be like, all right, all right, see you in the morning. I love you, honey. Bye. And you just show up whenever. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, Whereas me, I'm like, Thomas, I'm going to be here from 745 to about 827. 
Then I'll and be traveling from 8.27 until 8.45. And then I will be entering the home from 8.45 to 8.46. Uh-huh. And then you'll know where I am. And if I'm not here between 8.45 and 8.46, please call. the police. Please call me. <laughs> I, I, I need you to call me because it's very important. Call the FBI. If I'm early. Because I'm missing. Lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's someone else. It's an imposter. <laughs> Among us. Looking kind of sus. Ooh, sus. You don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. Um, Among Us? Uh-huh. That's a movie. No, it's a show. Or not a show. It's a game. Stupid. No. Okay. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Where was I? Whoa, when you say. Um, it was believed that he sometimes entered the homes of future victims to unlock windows, unload guns, and plant ligatures for later use. Uh, he frequently telephoned future victims, sometimes for months in advance, uh, to learn their daily routines. And then just do this. He would say weird shit to them. Yeah. Um, although he... <laughs> the hash-slinging slasher. The hash-slinging slasher! Um, although he originally targeted women alone in their homes with, or with children, D'Angelo eventually preferred attacking couples. Um, his original method was to break in through the window or sliding glass door and awaken the sleeping occupants with a flashlight, threatening them with a handgun. Uh, victims were then bound with the ligatures, often shoelaces, which he found or brought with them, blindfolded them, and then gagged them with towels, which he ripped into shreds. Uh, the female victim was usually forced to tie up her own male companion before she was bound. The bindings were often so tight that the victims' hands were numb for hours after being untied. He would separate the couples, often stacking dishes on the male's back and threatening to kill kill everyone in the house oh, if I he heard even heard a rattle. Yeah. Uh, he moved the woman to the living room and often raped her repeatedly, sometimes for several hours. Um, I was gonna make like a slight joke here, but I'm not. We're not gonna. I don't joke think about it's appropriate. Rape. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. That's why I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> do well, you... let me just tell you, I don't think it's appropriate. Okay, well, I don't think it's appropriate either, so I didn't well, you make were the thinking joke. About it, yeah, so. yeah, and that's why I didn't do it. But I just wanted everyone to know that I held back. Okay, <laughs> that I had something. I had something. I had something. Um, D'Angelo sometimes spent hours in the home ransacking closets and drawers, eating the food in the kitchen. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, what do you got in the fridge? And they're like, please let us go. And I'm like, I'm hungry. <laughs> but it's the 70s and like nothing good. No. Like, kicks. K- the kicks. Fuck? Uh, Where are a- the gushers? Airline food. We don't have any. Fruit by the foot. I'm going to fucking. <laughs> I'm going to destroy this house. Turn it upside down. I want a cool snack. What do you have? We have oranges. You're going to die. <laughs> There's ice cream in the fridge. Sold. No. Oh, okay. What flavor? Vanilla. No. no. No, you're dead. Bang, bang. Rocky Road. I said bang. Oh. Does it have nuts? I don't know, but but we have not. I don't think it does. But there's nuts in the in the in the in the in the pantry if you need if them. If I find one nut in there, you're losing a finger. I'm very allergic to almonds. <laughs> if, no, per, knowing perfectly well, it has almonds. There's no there's almonds. No please, almonds. Eat please, it. please, please. Anaphylactic shock. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> They got me, y'all. Whoa, this podcast is always all over the place. <laughs> ah, ooh, woo. 
really get the allergies jumping, you know? Um, mm-hmm. He would spend, yeah, eating their food, drinking their beer, and then raping the women again uh, or making additional threats. Victims sometimes thought that he had left the house before he would jump from the darkness. So he would hide after, I guess, like semi-releasing them and then just start the process all over again. Uh, he typically stole items, often uh, personal objects and items of little value, but occasionally cash and firearms. Uh, he then crept away, leaving his victims uncertain if he had left. Uh, and then he was believed to escape on foot through a series of yards and then use a bicycle to go home or to a car, making extensive use of parks, schoolyards, creek beds, and uh, other open spaces that kept him off the street. The rapist, uh, the rapist operated. You mean therapist? The therapist. Yeah. The, you never watched uh, 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 Arrested Development. No. He, oh yes, I have. Oh, so he was like a, a, an analyst reporter or something like that, and he called himself <laughs> a, a, anal rapist. A, a, a now rapist. <laughs> uh, that's a that's an <laughs> anal rapist. Toby, <laughs> to- Tobias, poor poor thing, poor Toby. Um, yeah, <laughs> and a now rapist. Oh, <laughs> yes, hilarious, classic, classic. I love that show. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so the therapist, no, the rapist. <laughs> Because <laughs> now I'm looking at the word, and there's just a space. <laughs> and I'm like, therapist, therapist, the rapist. <laughs> therapist. therapist. No. No, no. Uh, the rapist uh, uh, operated in Sacramento County from the first attacks in June of 1976 until May of 1977. After a three-month gap, he struck in nearby San Joaquin County in September before returning to Sacramento for all but one of the next ten attacks. The rapist attacked five times during the summer of 1978 in Stanislaus. Stanislaus. It's a si- no, that's a county. Stanislaus County and Yolo counties. Uh, be- Yolo! <laughs> it is. Uh, before disappearing again for three months. Attacks then moved primarily to Contra Costa County in October and lasted until July of 1979. Uh, remember Contra Costa County? Yeah. What was it from? The Hills. Have eyes. No, it was from J.C. Duggard. Oh, yes. She was uh, abducted in Contra Costa County. Um, or, no, she spent her time in Contra Costa County. Um, a young Sacramento couple. I love this name. Brian Maggiore. Maggiore. Uh, uh, a military policeman at Mather Air Force Base and his wife, Katie Maggiore, uh, were walking their dog on the Rancho Cordova area, in the Rancho Cordova area uh, on the night of September 2nd of 1978, uh, near where the five East Area rapist attacks had occurred. Uh, the Maggiore's fled after a confrontation in the street but were chased down and shot dead. Some investigators suspected that they had been murdered by the East Area rapists because of their proximity to the other attacks' locations, and a shoelace was found nearby. But shoelaces—you know what I always wondered? What? Why? How? How do people just like lose one shoe? You know, you're like you're driving on the highway and you just like see a shoe, yeah. and you're like, for those people, I feel like they have a whole bunch of shit in their trunk, and then they go just back like, there and they're like, I need to get this on the side of the road, and then they like drop a shoe. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, I've seen them on, like, the 45 overpass, like, around downtown. Like, that, you were driving 60 miles an hour, and your shoe just came off. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Flew right off. That turn really gets you. <laughs> oh, my shoe! 
Well, I feel like it's those people in the, the cars that have the two front wheels, but only one in the back. Yes. And they're just like one foot over, and they're just like the she was just like. Well, I always wonder Woo! that. I, I just I can't figure it out. It's like, how do you just like lose or like one sock and like there's just like one sock on the side of the road, like how. How do you lose these things? Why are they just on well, the know, roadway? Socks are like disposable. Once you're done with it, you just throw it, right? Yeah. They're biodegradable. Yeah. And they're made out of cotton. Cotton. <laughs> cotton. Um, yeah. I just had to think about that for a second. Um, shoelace. That's why I started on my tangent that I was. The FBI announced on June 15th of 2016 uh, that it was confident the East Area Rapist had murdered the Maggiore's. Uh, so now let's move on to the original Night Stalker. Uh, shortly after the rape committed on July 5th of 1979, D'Angelo moved to Southern California and began killing his victim, first striking in Santa Barbara County in October. Uh, the attacks lasted until 1981, with one lone attack in 1986. Uh, only the couple in the first attack survived, alerting neighbors and forcing the intruder to flee. The other victims were murdered by gunshot or bludgeoning, uh, since D'Angelo was not linked to these crimes for decades, he was known as the Night Stalker in the area before being renamed the original Night Stalker after serial killer Richard Ramirez received the former nickname. So now let's talk about the murders in 1979. On October 1st, an intruder broke in and tied up a Golinta couple. Golinta, I guess, is a city. Um, uh, alarmed by hearing him say, I'll kill him, to himself... Uh, the man and woman tried to escape when he left the room and the woman screamed. Realizing the alarm had been raised, the intruder fled on a bicycle, which is very common. He was just like, I got my bike. <laughs> right away. Um, a neighbor who was an FBI agent uh, responded to the noise and pursued the perpetrator who abandoned the bicycle and a knife and fled on foot through local backyard. He was like, pop on the fence, jumping over. Um, did you ever have like a, did you ever go to house parties? Like in college, when you were not able, to, not supposed to be drinking. So I asked that because whenever we, whenever I went to house parties like that, me and my friends always had a rule: you always go one house back and two houses over, if the cops showed up. <laughs> you jump the backyard. Oh, you jump the fences. We never had that many people. Oh, we did. <laughs> the house parties were always wild. Oh, well, she oh. was a partier. <laughs> Ooh. Me and my friends just wanted to get together and play Cards Against Humanity. Oh, Cards Against Humanity. That came out when I was when we were in college, too. Classic. Remember whenever they had the printable version? Yeah. Yeah. I would always think, bitch, Baby. I got this. This is the funniest thing that anybody ever heard, and nobody laughed. You still just do me. that. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. I'm what is showing it, the judges' versatility. <laughs> I'll show you versatility when Michelle Visage wears a fucking turtleneck and, and Santino wears a wins the sewing competition. Fucking Santino, whatever happened to him? He's um, dead. <gasps> no, he's not. No, no, no. He just never won that sewing competition. He never. So he he didn't get versatility. Um. So these attacks were later linked to the Offerman Manning murders, which were later murders, uh, by shoe prints and then the twine that was specific twine that was used to bind the victims. So on December 3rd, 44-year-old Robert Offerman, Offerman and 35-year-old Deborah Alexandra Manning were found shot dead at the Offerman's condominium, uh, condominium in condominium. Goleta. Uh, condominium. 
condominium. Condominium. That's how people say aluminium. Condominium. Aluminium, yes. Offerman's bindings were untied, indicating that he had lunged at the attacker. Neighbors heard gunshots and did nothing. Um, <laughs> paw prints of a large dog were also found at the scene, leading to speculation that the killer may have brought one with him. Uh, the killer... <laughs> I'm gonna bring hey, his dog. Kennedy, come on, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna to murder a crime. someone. Uh, the killer also broke into the vacant adjoining residence and stole a bicycle. Later found uh, abandoned on a street north of the scene from a third residence in the complex. So good. So he was like, "Ooh, that was fresh." Um, so he went and burgled the house that was next door that was vacant, took a bicycle, rode it down the street, and then just left it. <laughs> wow, I really got all, got away. Um, <laughs> You got me fucked up. <laughs> I love to steal shit, but I don't want it. But I don't want it. Here, it's gone. Um, so then we go on to the murders in 1980. Uh, on March 13th, excuse me, 33-year-old Charlene Smith and 43-year-old Lyman Smith were found murdered in their Ventura home. Charlie Smith, had, or, I'm sorry, Charlene Smith had been raped. Uh, a log from a wood pile on the side of the house was used to bludgeon the victims to death. Uh, their wrists and ankles had been bound with... Uh, What fell? Your chapstick. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Thomas is taking a picture of the thermostat. Oh. What are you doing, honey? <laughs> <laughs> How did that fall out of my pants? Too much movement. Hello. <laughs> it just <laughs> hits the table. <laughs> Anyways. Classy. Um... Charlene Smith. Oh, yeah. Um, their wrists and ankles had been bound with drapery cord. An unusual Chinese knot called a diamond knot uh, was used on Charlene's wrists, and it was the same knot that was noted in the Sacramento East Area rapist attacks, and at least one confirmed case, uh, at at least one case that was uh, publicly known. And the murderer was, therefore, briefly given the name the Diamond Knot Killer. On August 19th of uh, 1980, uh, 24-year-old Keith uh, Eli Harrington and 17-year-old Patrice Patrice Royal, Royal. Uh, Patrice Briscoe Harrington were found bludgeoned to death in their home on Cockleshell Drive uh, in Dana's Point. I, I don't I don't care. It was a gated community. Uh, Patrice Harrington had also been raped. Uh, although there was evidence that the Harrington's wrists and ankles were bound, no ligatures or murder weapon were found at the scene. Keith's brother, Bruce, later spent nearly $2 million supporting California Proposition 69, authorizing DNA collection. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> collecting DNA uh, from all California felons and certain other criminals. Uh, <laughs> very nice. 69. Uh, support Prop 69. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a good proposal. It's a good. It's a good. It's a, it's a good it does um, well for the community. Yeah. So then we move on to the murders in 1980. Uh, on February 6th of two thousand, uh, on February 6th, 28 year old Manuela Withune uh, was raped and murdered in her Irvine home. Although Withune's body had signs of being tied before she was bludgeoned, no ligatures or murder weapon were found. The victim was married. Uh, her husband was just away and hospitalized, and she was alone at the time of the attack. Withune's uh, television was found in the backyard, possibly the killer's attempt to make the crime appear to be a botched robbery. On July 27th, 35-year-old Cherie Domingo, Cherry Domingo uh, and 27-year-old Gregory Sanchez became the original Night Soccer's 10th and 11th murder victims. 
they were both were attacked in Domingo's residence uh, in Galetta, uh, which was just a few blocks south of Robert Offerman's condominium, which was where she was living temporarily. Uh, it was owned by a relative and it was up for sale. Uh, the offender entered the house through a small bathroom window. Sanchez had not been yeah. Sanchez had not been tied and was shot and wounded in the cheek before she was bludgeoned to death with a garden tool. Uh, some believe that Sanchez may have realized that he was dealing with the man responsible for the Offerman Manning murders and tried to tackle the killer rather than be tied up. Again, no neighbors responded to the sounds of gunshots. <laughs> Sanchez. Yep. What? Yep. Yeah. Sanchez's head was covered with clothes. Uh, Pulled from the closet, Domingo was raped and bludgeoned. Bruises on her wrists and ankles indicated that she had been tied, although the restraints were missing at that point. A piece of shipping twine was found near the bed, and fibers from an unknown source were scattered over her body. Uh, authorities believe that the attacker may have worked as a painter or in a similar job in the Cal, Cal, Calais Real shopping center. I don't know what that is, and why does it matter? Anyways, um... And finally, we take a brief pause and get to 1986. So he stopped for five years because he had kids. Um, on May 4th of eight, uh, on May 4th, 18 year old Janelle Lisa Cruz was found after she was raped and bludgeoned to death in her Irvine home. Her family was on vacation in Mexico at the time of the attack. A pipe wrench reported missing by Cruz's stepfather was thought to be the murder weapon. Southern California murders were not initially thought to be connected by investigators in their respective jurisdictions, which I think you're going to talk about as well. Uh, the Sacramento detectives strongly believed the East Area Rapist was responsible for the Goleta attacks, but the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department attributed them to a local career criminal who was later murdered. What, what the fuck is a career criminal? Like, oh, yeah, sign me up. That's all they do. Yeah. Getting paid. You make the money. <laughs> He's getting paid in his coins. <laughs> Just coins. Just coins. Um, unaware. I didn't write this earlier, but they didn't. They didn't know what job he had in the 1980s. Like, we don't know that he was even. He had a job after he was fired in 1979 as a cop. They have no idea what he did for 10 years. He worked at another job in the 90s and early 2000s, but wire fraud. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know what he did for Ice 10 cream years. Store. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Uh, didn't um. Jeffrey Dahmer worked at a chocolate factory? Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Well, his family owned a, a candy factory. No. No, that's a candy man. Yeah. No, I think he just worked he at a chocolate, chocolate factory. factory. Yeah. He's Willy Wonka. <laughs> he just eats the children. <laughs> Literally. Baby! Mm. <laughs> Everything here is edible, including you. <laughs> that. What if you had, like, a murder, like, Willy Wonka version? Um, I would watch it. I would, too. <laughs> You know what, Brooklyn? I would yeah, watch, watch that. that. I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch that. Um, woo, 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 woo. Uh, so one person who was later cleared was charged with two of the murder. Yeah, he ended up being later cleared, but he was originally charged with two of the murders. They was like, yeah, you did. And he's like, no, I didn't. And they're like, yeah, you did. And he's like, no, I didn't. Okay, but you did. Just admit it. Um, so the cases were linked almost entirely by DNA testing many, many, many years later. Uh, pieces of the evidence that were left in the by the East Area Rapist were minimally helpful. He wrote a poem to the newspaper called Excitement's Crave. Uh, I didn't write the whole thing because it's actually kind of long, uh, but it's really fucking weird. Um, he also, at one scene, left homework sheets and a hand-drawn map of the neighborhood. Uh, they were found near where a suspicious vehicle had been parked in a, a neighborhood. 
there were also numerous phone calls uh, received, uh, going so far to call police as well as victims that he was stalking, telling them they were never going to catch him or I'm going to kill you. Or Merry Christmas, it's me again. So sweet. <laughs> I'm calling from inside your house. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know what you got for Christmas. <laughs> You're going to die. Merry Christmas. It's a knife. <laughs> it's a knife. Ooh. What do you, what do you have? A knife. No. <laughs> a knife. No. no. <laughs> so then we fast forward just a little bit uh, to April 24th of 2018. Um, Sacramento County Sheriff's deputies arrested D'Angelo. He was charged with eight counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances. On May 10th, the Santa Barbara County District uh, the Santa Barbara County District Attorney's Office charged D'Angelo with four additional counts of first-degree murder. Um, identification of D'Angelo had begun four months earlier when officials led by Detective Paul Holes and FBI lawyer Steve Kramer uploaded the killer's DNA profile from a Ventura County rape kit to the personal genomics website GEDmatch, G-E-D-Match. Um, so this is a website that we worked with at the company that I used to work for. Uh, pretty often. This is your personal connection. This is my personal connection. I used oh. to work for a DNA testing company, and our DNA testing company was the one that helped catch them. Uh, and I'll get further into it. Hold on. Uh, the website identified 10 to 20 people who have the same great-great-great-grandparents as the Golden State Killer and a team of five investigators working with genealogist Barbara, v Barbara Ray Venter used this list to construct a large family tree. From, list from this tree, they established two suspects. One was ruled out by a relative's DNA test, leaving D'Angelo as the main suspect. On April 18th, a DNA sample was surreptitiously... Uh, collected from the door handle of D'Angelo's car, and later another sample was collected from a tissue found in D'Angelo's curbside garbage can. Uh, both were matched to samples associated with the Golden State Killer crimes. We tested that. That's fucking crazy, right? That's insane. Um, so after D'Angelo's arrest, some commentators have raised questions um, about the ethics of secondary use of personal identifiable information. We used to have customers all the time that would contact us and ask us, uh, can our DNA results be used against us? And we were always told that they were not court admissible. And so I worked, I, I quit just as the Golden State Killer was being caught. But it was already in the woodworks that it was, the FBI was, looking for the Golden State Killer, and they were working with a DNA testing company. And so everyone was like, a genealogy testing company. And so everyone was like calling us like, you're testing our DNA and, you know, blah, 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 and all this other shit. And we were like, what? And so then that's when finally the uh, uh, company was like, oh, yeah, we're totally doing this heart. <laughs> <laughs> little heart, little sprinkles of sprinkles. We don't care. Yeah, they really sprinkles, didn't. They didn't sprinkles. care. They were just making money. Uh, so they're like, oh, yeah. You, you know what, Brooklyn? Yes. Yes. Your, exactly your results what we're doing. can be used against you. So watch out. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So people straight up like quit from the company. And I was already on the, the out anyway because I was leaving. But other people straight up were just like, yeah, destroy all of my DNA and I don't want to work here anymore. And they just like left. They like walked out of the company because they found out that we were the ones doing the testing for uh, this and helping the FBI in a federal investigation so that's crazy right 
That's All my right. personal question. Anyways, so D'Angelo made a confession of sorts after his arrest that was cryptically referred to uh, to an inner personality named Jerry, uh, who had forced him to commit the wave of crimes that ended abruptly in 1986. According to the Sacramento County uh, prosecutor, D'Angelo said to himself while alone in a police interrogation room after his arrest in April 2018, I didn't have the strength to push him out. He made me. He went with me. It was like in my head. I mean, he's a part of me. I didn't want to do those things. I pushed Jerry out and had a happy life. I did all those things. I destroyed all their lies. So now I've got to pay the price. So D'Angelo could not be charged with the rapes or the burglaries as the statute of limitations had expired for those offenses, but he was charged with 13 counts of murder and 13 counts of kidnapping. Uh, D'Angelo was arraigned in Sacramento on August 23rd of 2018, and in November eight, uh, November of 2018, prosecutors from six involved counties collectively estimated that the case could cost taxpayers $20 million and last 10 years. Uh, on April 10th of 2019, court proceedings – oh, court proceedings uh, – pro, court proceeding, prosecutors announced that they would seek the death penalty – and the judge ruled that cameras could be allowed inside the courtroom during the trial. On March 4th of 2020, D'Angelo offered to plead guilty if the death penalty was taken off the table, which was not accepted at the time. On June 29th of 2020, D'Angelo pleaded guilty to 13 counts of first-degree murder and, spe and special circumstances, including murder committed during burglaries and rapes, as well as 13 counts of kidnapping in a deal to avoid the death penalty. Uh, on August 21st of 2020, D'Angelo received multiple consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. D'Angelo offered a brief apology after listening to two days of pre-sentencing victim impact statements. I have listened to all of your statements, each one of them, and I am truly sorry to everyone I hurt. Thank you, Your Honor. And that's where we end. Wow. So he's been sentenced. So this was a month ago, two months ago, that he will be in jail forever. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, that's how fresh that this was. And the fact that all of these things happened 40 to 50 years ago, and he, he was only caught because of people DNA who, DNA, not, not just DNA testing, uh, genealogy, genetic genealogy. Like that's wild to me. That's like, let's build this family tree and find out who's alive today that's related to these people. And they had know. two suspects and he was one of them. There's some story, maybe you told me about, they were like ordering DNA tests for the whole family, but they were like, um, and, but, um, grandma, you can't have one. <laughs> no, I told you it was a story with that old lady who, who called me in tears. Remember that she was like, uh, my daughter's not my daughter. Oh no, no. My, my, my daughter is not my husband's my daughter. Su yeah. My husband's daughter. Cause she cheated on him back like 40 oh, years ago. Oh, 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 oh. And so she, she was like, you, you can't. Cause I was like, well, you don't have to take the test. She's like, well, then she's going to know. She's like, is there a way to like, it's like, you, you can turn off your distant matches and then, like, speculative matches, but you can't turn off your close matches. So, it's like, she'll show up to you, but if your husband is also taking one as well, he's not going to show up as her relative. So, like, you have to just not take the test. Like, that that's how that works. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. I So many stories like that. So many stories. And people who would, who would call me, like, are your DNA tests right? And I'm like, yeah. Like, what, do you have like a, a distant cousin like you're looking for? It's like no, my dad didn't show up on my uh, on my DNA test, and I was like, oh. imagine like if they call us to like just confirm they they or called us because I don't work there anymore. Um, 
just to confirm that Ardina Hints were right, that was like, yeah. I mean, they can be wrong for like wrong-ish for distant matches, but when you have like – when you're looking that close, it's not wrong. Or like they'd find out like their sibling is a half-sibling and no one ever knew. Or and like their maybe their parents are dead now and like they they can't get any information. They're like, well, <laughs> that's crazy. That's insane and kind of sad. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Anyways, um, wow. Yeah, it's a golden Golden State Killer man. That's crazy. He's finally arraigned. He's yeah. He's, finally caught. He is in jail. He's yeah. in jail. Um, well, I'm gonna talk about somebody that wasn't caught. Yeah. Ted Cruz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, his dad. His dad. Um, so, in my opinion, one of the most infamous unsolved mysteries of all time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, everyone knows a little bit about, a little bit, something about it, but no one knows exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Well, mm-hmm. they know exactly what happened. They don't know who it was. Yeah. Um, and as the years go on, we may never know. The Zodiac murders occurred in Northern California in the late 60s and early 70s. So even if the Zodiac was in his early 20s at the time of the killings, they would now be in the middle in their middle 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as time passes, the likelihood that of the Zodiac being brought to justice dwindles. Um, as with all of our cases, we urge you, if you have any information about the identity of the Zodiac or regarding the crimes, please contact San Francisco PD and discuss. And discuss. Um, so the- I'm excited about this one because I, I, I have never like looked very far into the Zodiac Killer. I just know like it happened. <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first, and he kind of appeared, there's no, I mean, there's no backstory because we don't know who it is. Yeah. So the first thing that we know about it is the first attributed murder. Mm-hmm. Um, the first widely attributed murder was linked um to the shootings of Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday on December 20th, 1968. The the couple was on a first date attending to uh, planning to attend a Christmas concert at their high school. Um, Betty Lou Jensen was 16 and David Faraday was 17. Wow. They had visited a friend before uh, together before stopping in at a diner. Um, and then they drove off to a secluded lover's lane Ooh. on Lake Herman road. Um, they arrived at around 10 15 uh, shortly after 11 o'clock, their bodies were found Oh wow! by a neighbor who lived near. Wait, how long were they alone? Approximately 45 minutes. Damn. Uh, they contacted Solano County Sheriff's Department, who investigated but found no leads. Both teen- teens died on scene. Betty Lou was shot in the back in a surmised at- escape attempt. Um, and it would be some time before the Zodiac was even suspected mm-hmm. of this murder. They were just like, oh, well, because, I mean, that, that's what happened with... Excuse me. That's what typically happens with like the first murder, first two. Where they're like, "Well, someone died." <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. mops. <laughs> and Shucks. I mean, this in the '60s on a secluded road, <laughs> mm-hmm. and two teens are shot. Yeah, there's no evidence. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a tire track. If that. that would be about yeah. it. Yeah. If they were in a car. Yeah. Um, the Zodiac would then wait until July fourth, nineteen sixty nine, to strike again. Uh, just before midnight, Darlene Farron and Michael Majot drove to the Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, four miles from the Lake Herman location. The couple sat in the car alone for a while before a second car arrived and parked alongside them, but then immediately drove away. About ten minutes passed, and the same car pulled up again, this time parking behind the couple and blocking them in. The driver of the car exited with a flashlight pointed into the car in a mar- masquerade of a police officer. 
the killer directed the flashlight into Darlene and Michael's eyes before producing a 9mm Luger handgun and shooting them five times. Oh, Jesus. Some bullets passing through Michael and striking Darlene. The killer walked away from the car, but upon hearing Michael groaning, he returned and shot both victims again. Oh, my God. Um, at 12.40 a.m., a man phoned the Vallejo PD to report and claim responsibility for the murders. They also took credit for the Jensen and Faraday murders six and a half months earlier. Quote, this is, uh, this is the transcript of the phone call. Quote, I want to report a double murder. If you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to the public park, you will find the kids in a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those last kids last year. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have you ever seen Zodiac the movie? Uh-uh. Great movie. Is it? Um, but the phone call are creepy. Yeah. Also, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, God. Uh, He's a sex god. A daddy. Yes. Um, Full on. Also, uh, who's the guy who plays Iron Man? He's in it, too. Tony Stark? Yeah. Um, Robert. And Mark Ruffalo's in it. Oh, so just get all the Avengers Mm -hmm. in there. Um, Mark Ruffalo is what a dog would name a person. That's a a white boot. I, I love that. I actually do love that. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Web. <laughs> LOL. Um, so, Michael Faraday actually survives. Mm. Uh, I was going to ask, how, how, how did we know that he groaned and then he came back and shot him again? That's why. Okay. Michael Faraday lived. Or, uh, I'm sorry. What's his name? Not Michael Majot. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Majot lived. Um. Which is one of the only reasons why we can confirm that it was the Zodiac is because Michael Majot lived. Yeah. Um, on August 1st, 1969, three letters prepared by the killer were received at the Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco oh, Examiner. Shit, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the nearly identical letters subsequently described a uh, by a psychiatrist as having been written by someone you would expect to be brooding and isolated took credit for the shootings at the Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs. Doesn't he do a lot of things? I could, uh, sorry. Um, I feel like he is also the kind of person that loves the attention as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he does it in such like a fucking crazy way, cryptic, cryptic way. Because um, didn't he give them a bunch of clues? And uh, Sorry, you're going to yeah, tell me. Gonna tell <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, he definitely wanted the world to know. Mm. And... There are a lot of speculations about it that it could be several iterations of a copycat killer. Uh-huh. Um, and that just whoever, you know, psycho out there wants that attention yeah. just goes out and is like, I'm I'm the Zodiac. I, I killed somebody I did too. It. Yeah. Just so they can get a little bit of the attention. Yeah. Um, so Even though, like, you don't really get any attention. Yeah. Like, unless you get caught, unless you don't. You're the only one that knows. Exactly. You're the only one like, oh, look, everyone's talking about me. It's like, Okay, but that's but not really attention. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and included in the message was a 408-character coded message. Um, it was... Uh, uh, decoded? Decoded. Wow. It was originally Cypher, but it was decoded by... Because they post it in the... Um, the killer demanded that they be printed on the page, each page's front paper, um, or he would cruise around all night uh, on the weekend killing lonely people in the night and then move on to kill again till I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. Um, so they posted it and a, uh, a group of, or a, a couple 
uh, I think one of them was a retired social studies teacher decided to take a crack at it and they decoded it. Really? Mm -hmm. And the message was, quote, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest. And there's a bunch of uh, mistakes in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So forest has two R's. Because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. Something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise. And the and the I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow me down or atop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. Is he a, a devil? Does he think that he's the devil? It's Son of Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it ends with E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-P-I-T-I. Um, the last 18 letters have not been determined or whether or not they're actually valid or yeah. if they're a red herring. Yeah. Um, the Chronicle published the third, uh, a th- its third of the cryptogram on a page four of the next day's edition an article present printed alongside the code quoted Vallejo police police chief police police, <laughs> police chief Jack E. Stiltz is saying we're not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer uh, and requested the writer send a second letter with more facts to prove his identity. Well, but, they of course they want more letters because that's more opportunities they can try and find him. Yeah. Um, eventually, <clears throat> all three parts were published. Um. On August 7th, 1969, six days later, another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner with the salutation, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. This was the first time the killer had used this name for identification. The the letter was a response to Chief Stilts' request for more details that he would provide that he had killed Faraday, Jensen, and Farron. In it, the Zodiac includes details about the murders which had not been released to the public, as well as a message to the police that when they cracked his code, quote, they will have me. August 8th, the next day, Donald and Betty Harden of Salinas, California. Oh, this is the, the, the couple that cracked the code. Uh-huh. Um, in the message, he seemed to reference the, the most dangerous game. Um, the collecting of slaves for the afterlife. No name had appeared in the Dakota text, and the killer said he would not give away his identity because it would slow down his collection of slaves. Uh-huh. September 27th. He I, wants the fame, but not wants the fame. He's, he need, wants the fame, but slaves. he doesn't want to get caught. Exactly. Uh, September 27, 1969, the Pacific Union College students Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were picnicking in Lake Berryessa on a small island connected by a sand spit to Twin Oak Ridge. A white man, about five foot eleven, weighing more than one hundred and seventy pounds, with combed greasy brown hair, approached them wearing Ted Cruz. exactly <laughs> wearing a, a black executioner hood, executioner style type hood, uh, with clip-on sunglasses over the eye holes, and a bib-like device on his chest that had a white three by three inch cross circle symbol in it. So the typical zodiac symbol, which is a circle and then a cross, so mm-hmm. crosshairs. Um, he approached them with a gun, which Hartnell believed to be a forty-five. Um, the hooded man claimed to be an escaped convict from a jail from nearby with a two-word name, either in Colorado or Montana. Um, the police officer later inferred that he had been referring to a jail in Deer Lodge, Montana, 
where he had killed a guard and subsequently stolen a car, explaining how he had needed their car and money to go to Mexico as the vehicle he had been driving was, quote, too hot. Um, Okay, yeah. He had brought uh, pre-cut lengths of plastic clothesline and told Shepard to tie up Hartnell before he tied her up. The killer checked and tightened Hartnell's bonds after discovering Shepard had bound Hartnell's hands loosely. Hartnell initially believed that the event was to be a bizarre robbery, but the man drew a knife and stabbed them both repeatedly in oh the back. God. Hartnell suffering six and Shepard ten wounds in the process. The killer then hiked 500 yards back up to Knoxville Road, drew the cross-circle cross symbol on Hartnell's car door with a black felt-tip pen and wrote beneath it, Vallejo, 12-20-68-7-4-69, September 27th, 69-6-30, by knife. So he... Stabbed them, wrote... And wrote the dates of all of his killings on their car. Oh my god. Um, at 7.40 p.m. Did they die? No. Oh. Well, Shepard dies. Oh. Uh, at 7.40 p.m., the killer called the Napa uh, County Sheriff's Office from a payphone to report the latest crime. The killer first stated <coughs> that the operator to the operator that he wished to report a murder. No, a double murder. Before stating that he had been in the perpetrator of the crime. The phone was found still off the hooks minutes later at the napa car wash on main street main street in napa by kvon radio reporter pat stanley only a few blocks from the sheriff's office yet 27 miles from the crime scene detectives were able to lift a still wet palm print off the telephone but were never able to match it to a suspect mm -hmm. um, after hearing their screams for help a man and his son who were fishing in the nearby cove discovered the victims and summoned help by contacting park rangers. Napa County Sheriff Deputy Dave Collins and Ray Land were the first on the scene. Cecilia Shepard was conscious... Oh, I'm sorry. The, the woman survives, not the man. Uh, Cecilia Shepard was conscious when Collins arrived, providing him with a detailed description of the attacker. Hartnell and Shepard were taken to the Queen Valley Hospital in Napa by ambulance. Shepard lapsed into a coma during the transport to the hospital. Oh, no, I was right and never regained consciousness. She died two days later, but Hartnell survived to recount his tale to the press. And he got stabbed ten times. She got stabbed six times. She got he got stabbed six. She got stabbed oh, ten. I mixed them up then. Uh, Napa, Napa County <clears throat> Sheriff Detective Ken Narlow, who was assigned to the case from the outset, worked in on solving crime until his retirement from the department in 1987. But even though they had transcribed the, the Vallejo murders on the car... Uh -huh the police departments wouldn't share information. Seriously. Mm -hmm. They were like, well, we have our own case to solve. Could be different. Could be, could be different. But we're not going to give you any information. Also, the police stupid. departments wanted to be the ones to get them. Exactly. So it was all like. For glory. And glory. And I'm sure they probably got money from the States for solving certain things. So. Yeah. Uh, two stupid. weeks later on October 11th, 1969, a white male passenger entered a cab driven by Paul Stein at the intersection of Mason and Geary Streets, one block from Union Square. I've been around there. <laughs> Have you? Uh -huh. That's crazy. Um, He'd be like, ooh, look, just like daintily walking. <laughs> murder. Hey, there's a murder here. <laughs> I think it's poopy. I think we stayed in Union Square when we went to San Francisco. 
Um, I don't know. Requesting to be taken to Washington and Maple Streets in Presidio Heights for unknown reasons. Because back then the cab drivers would write down where they picked him up, where they're dropping him off, and for why. Mm. In a little book. And now it's all on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uber does that for us. Uh, Stein drove one block past Maple to Cherry. The passenger then shot Stein once in the head with a 9mm. He shot a taxi driver? Mm-hmm. Took Stein's wallet and car keys, tore away a section of Stein's blood shirt, <clears throat> blood-stained shirt tail. Uh, the passenger was observed by three teenagers across the street at 9.55 p.m. who called the police while the crime was in process. The man observed, uh, they observed a man wiping the cab down before walking toward Presidio. One block to the north, two blocks from the crime scene, patrol officers Don Fook and Eric Zelms responded to the call, observing a white man walking along the sidewalk on East Jackson Street. Stepping into a stairway leading from the front yard of one of the homes to the north side of the street, the encounter lasted only five to ten seconds. Folk estimated the white male pedestrian to be about 35 to 45 years old, five foot ten tall, with a crew cut similar but uh, similar to but slightly older than the description that the, the teenagers who observed the killer in and out of Stein's cab as a 25 to 35 year old with a crew cut white male about five foot eight to five foot nine. Uh, the police office. Police radio dispatcher, however, initially alerted officers to be on the lookout for a black suspect. Oh, my God. So Fook and Zelms drove past him without stopping. Oh, my God. So they could have caught the Zodiac. Yeah. If there wasn't if they, racism. Racism in fucking California. Um, Stupid. The mix-up in descriptions remains unexplained. Because it was racism. It was cops being racist. Like, oh, yeah, there's black people around here. Let's arrest them. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Uh, a search ensued, but because no... Because I assume that he's going to... Sorry. He's going to kill more people. Uh, this is one of the last, like, last contributed few? to him. That's stupid. Because after this, there's a bunch that are contributed to him that are not verifiable. Because they don't have any witnesses. Okay. Well, we also don't have a person. There's yeah. <laughs> nothing to confirm anything. Um. This is the last officially confirmed murder of the Zodiac Killer. Uh, the Stein murder was initially thought to be a routine robbery that had escalated. However, on October 13th, the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter from the Zodiac containing a piece of bloodied shirt, taking credit for the killing. The three teen witnesses worked with the But it was a black person, Spencer. Mm. Stupid. Teen witnesses worked with a police artist to prepare a composite sketch of Stein's killer. A few, sta- few days later, the police art- artist returned, working with witnesses to prepare a second composite sketch of the killer. Detectives Bill Armstrong and David Toshi were assigned to the case. The San Francisco Police Department investigated an estimated 2,500 suspects over a period of years. Jesus. On October 4th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac, this time containing a swatch of Paul Stein's shirt tail as proof that he was the killer. It also included a threat about killing school children on a bus. To do this, the Zodiac wrote, quote, Just shoot out the front tire, then pick the kitties off as they come bouncing out. End quote. Did he do this? No. Oh. I was like, fuck! Yeah. At 2 p.m. on October 20th, 1969, someone claiming to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department, demanding that one of the two prominent lawyers, F. Lee Bailey or Melvin Belli, appear on AM San Francisco, a talk show on KGO-TV hosted by Jim Dunbar. 
Bailey was not available, but Belli did appear on the show. Um, Dunbar appealed to the viewers to keep the lines open, and eventually someone claimed to be the Zodiac called several times, and his name was said his name was Sam. Belli agreed to meet with him on the Daily City. In Daily City. In person? In person. But he never showed up because it was swarming with police officers. Yes. They had helicopters all over. <laughs> on... Yeah, I'll meet with you, but we're going to have cops everywhere. We'll Why the fuck very... would he show up? Exactly. Also, there's no uh, nothing to state that this is actually the Zodiac. Killer. Yeah. It could just be some psycho yeah did they were they did they do any voice matching or anything like that with anyone they don't have any of that it's the 60s true 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 on november 8th 1969 the zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters the 340 character cipher has never been decoded yeah oh sorry (laughs) i hit my hand um <laughs> just flip the fucking table. Here, I'll throw it. <laughs> um numerous possible solutions have been suggested, but none can be claimed as definitive. On November 6, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter stating that two policemen stopped and actually spoke to him for three minutes after he shot Stein. Excerpts from the letter were published in the Chronicle. On November 12th, including the Zodiac's claim. So these police officers that claimed to have seen the guy and could have caught him, but instead blamed a black man, possibly talked to him. It's possible, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, once again, it comes to, do you believe the he cops? Should or do you, yeah. But also, or do you believe it, this random murder person? But also at the same time, if, if the cops turned around after seeing this white man and said it was a black man... I'm kind of more inclined to believe this killer <laughs> and this person that sent this letter. It could be. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Call me crazy. Same day, Officer Don Fook wrote a memo explaining that what had happened on the night of Stein's murder. December 20th, 1969, exactly one year after the murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen, the Zodiac mailed a letter to Belli that included another swatch of Stein's shirt. The Zodiac said that he wanted Belli to help him. Various other authors ex- uh, speculate the t- uh, at the time of the killings that other murders have, may have been the work of the Zodiac, but never have been confirmed. Robert Domingo, 18, and Linda Edwards, 17, shot and killed on June 4th, 1963, on a beach near Gaviota. Uh, there are some specific similarities between the attack and the Zodiac's attack at the Lake Berryessa six, six years later. He attacked a bunch of young people, didn't he? Um, he was all over the... I mean, they're young-ish. None of them are over 30. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Joe Bates, 18, stabbed to death and nearly decapitated on October 30th, 1966 at Riverside City College in Riverside. Yeah, but he didn't cut anyone's heads. No. Well, then again, he did do stabbing and shooting, but I don't think that sounds like him. Yeah, this one isn't... I don't think this one is true. outlier. Um... The Bates' possible connection to the Zodiac only appeared four years after her murder when San Francisco Chronicle poll uh, reporter Paul Avery received a tip regarding similarities between the Zodiac killing and the circumstances around Bates' death. Uh, Donna Lass, last seen on September 6, 1970 in State Line, Nevada, a postcard with an advertisement from Forest Pine Condominiums near Incline Village at Lake Tahoe pasted on the back was received at the Chronicle on March 22, 1971. No evidence has ever been uncovered to connect Lass's disappearance with the Zodiac, though. And then the only one that I think actually... 
Oh, shit. Where'd I go? <laughs> Scrolling through everything. Whoa! <laughs> well, I left my cursor way up at the top. Oh, so then you type and it just takes all the way to the top. Yeah. This is the only one that I think could have possibly been that Zodiac. This one? Uh-huh. Okay. Kathleen Johns, 22, allegedly abducted on March, 20, or March 22nd, 1970 on Highway 132 near I-580 in an area west of Modesto. Johns escaped from the car of a man who drove her and her infant daughter around the area between Stockton and Patterson for approximately an hour and a half. Wait, what? He Sorry, say that last sentence again. He drove someone he around? He drove them around for an hour and a half. Wow. How did he get them? Oh, he abducted them? Yeah. Okay. So... I couldn't find about it from, um, well, this is her recollection. On the night of March 22nd, 1970, Kathleen Johns was driving from San Bernardino to Petaluma to visit her mother. She was seven months pregnant and had her 10-month-old daughter in the car beside her in the front seat because it was 70s. (laughs) 70s, and they probably didn't have seatbelts. Nope. Um, While heading west on Highway 132 near Modesto, a car behind her began honking its horn and flashing its lights. She pulled off the road and stopped. The man in the car behind, parked behind her, approached her car, and stated that he had observed her rear white rear right wheel was wobbling and offered to tighten the lug nuts. After finishing his work, the man drove off. Yet, when Johns pulled forward to re-enter the traffic, the wheel almost immediately came off the car. The man returned, offering to drive her to the nearest gas station for help. She and her daughter climbed into his car. During the ride, the car passed several service stations, but the man did not stop. He would say that they were closed. For about 90 minutes, he drove back and forth around the block near Tracy. When Johns asked why he was not stopping, he would change the subject. When the driver finally stopped at an intersection, Johns jumped out with her daughter and hid in a field. The driver searched for her using his flashlight, telling her that he would not hurt her, before eventually giving up, unable to find her. He got back in the car and drove off. John's hitched a ride to the police station in Patterson. Good for her. Damn. You might have escaped the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bitch. When John's gave her statement to the se- sergeant on duty, she noted that the police composite sketch of Paul Stein's killer and recognized him as the man who had just abducted her and her child. Oh, wow. Fearing he might come back and kill them all, the surgeon had John's wait in the dark at, the ne- at a nearby restaurant. When her car was found, it had been gutted and torched. Oh, my God. So the guy went back to him and was like, fuck you. Well, I do. If she, she might be dead because yeah. she rolled out of the car with the baby. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to know. I want them to think that maybe she blew up in her car. Yeah. Um, most accounts say he threatened to kill her and her daughter while driving them around, but at least one police report disputes that. John's account to Paul Avery of the Chronicle indicates that her abductor left his car and searched for her in the dark with a flashlight. However, in one report she made to the police, she stated he did not leave the vehicle. The Zodiac continued to communicate with authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters and greeting cards to the press. In a letter postmarked April 20th, 1970, the Zodiac wrote, My name is blank, followed by a 13-character cipher. The Zodiac went on, a state, went on to state that he was not responsible for the recent bombing of a police station in San Francisco, referring to the February 18th death of Sergeant Brian McDonald two days after the bombing at Park Station in Golden Gate Park. But added, quote, there is more glory to killing a cop than a Sid because a cop can shoot back. The letter included a diagram of the bomb the Zodiac claimed he would use to blow up a school bus. At the bottom of the diagram, he wrote uh, Zodiac 10 SFPD 0. 
Oh my god. He was keeping tally. Well, I mean, of course, he was loving it. Mm-hmm. Every single minute of it. Is he it, was waiting for he's like BTK. They wanted the the cat and mouse game. He was enjoying those. BTK just got cocky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Way too cocky. He's being cocky too, but didn't get caught. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it has to do with these ciphers that he came up that he people could solve. Yeah. And when they solved the first one, he said it was way too easy. Yeah. Change it up. Mm-hmm. Um. The Zodiac sent a greeting card postmarked April 20th, 1970 to the Chronicle. Written on the card was, I hope you enjoy yourselves while I have my all caps blast. Followed by the Zodiac's cross signal, cross circle signature. On the back of the card, the Zodiac threatened to use bus bombs soon unless the newspaper published the full details. He wrote he wanted to start seeing people wearing some, quote, some nice Zodiac buttons. Stop. Um, in a letter postmarked, he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be feared. <laughs> yeah, feared, worshipped, whatever. Um, in the letter postmarked June 26, 1970, the Zodiac stated he was upset that he did not see people wearing Zodiac buttons. He wrote, quote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. The Zodiac was possibly referring to a murder of Sergeant Richard Redditch. So Redditch. that may have been another murder that he did, but perhaps. Yeah. Uh, a week earlier, on June nineteenth, uh, Radicic was in his uh, squad car writing a ticket when the assailant shot him in the the head with a thirty eight. Radicic died fifteen hours later. SFPD denies the Zodiac was involved in the murder, but it remains unsolved. And the fact that he knew the caliber of the gun uh-huh. makes me think that it he was did involved. Hit. Yeah. Um, Why does he call himself the Zodiac, though? Are you, do you, do you say anything about that? Does he, did, well. Uh, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some he he picked it. Yeah. So and it's just some of after the first cipher. Mm-hmm. So I think they were putting out clues that some of the symbols used were zodiacal symbols, yeah. and so he said that's well. That's what that's I had always name. wondered whenever I heard zodiac killers. Like, oh, did he like alternate with people like? that he knew like when they were born if they were part of like different star signs or whatever but nope. no he's just... well after the the couple solved it and then they were like these are there's greco-roman symbols uh-huh. there's zodiacal symbols there's other other sorts of symbols i guess he took to the liking of zodiac yeah and then he when he wrote into the uh either the chronicle or the examiner he said this is the zodiac speaking so yeah. he picked his name gotcha um uh in- included with the letter was a philip 66 roadmap of the san francisco bay area uh on the image of mount diablo the zodiac had drawn a crossed circle symbol similar to the ones he had included in previous correspondence at the top of the cross circle he placed a zero then a three a six and a nine the accompanying instructions stated that the zero was to be uh was to be set to mag n the letter was also included a 32-letter cipher that the killer claimed would, in conjunction with the code, lead to the location of a bomb that he had buried on the set to go off in the fall. The cipher was never decoded, and the alleged bomb was never located. The killer signed the note with SF, or with Zodiac 12 SFPD 0. In a letter to the Chronicle, postmarked June or July 24, 1970, the Zodiac took credit for Kathleen John's abduction. Four months after the incident. 
On a July 26, 1970 letter, the Zodiac paraphrased a song from the Mikado, adding his own lyric about making a little list of the ways he planned to torture his slaves in paradise. The letter was signed with a large, exaggerated cross circle symbol and a new score. Zodiac 13, SFPD 0. A final note at the bottom of the letter said it, P.S. The Mount Diablo code concerns radians plus hashtag inches uh, along the radians. In 1981, a close examination of the radian hint by Zodiac researcher Gareth Penn led to the discovery of that a radian angle, which when placed over the map per Zodiac's instructions, pointed to the location of two Zodiac attacks. Oh. Um, on October- this man is obviously very smart. He's very smart. Yeah. Um, I thought is scary. It is. I had the the idea. I don't remember what what it was that you said earlier, but I was like, this sounds like someone who has an idea and understanding of uh, medical science. So I was like, is that a fucking doctor? <laughs> I would say it's more of a kind of like a historian. Yeah, historian, I guess. Or, or, or like a geologist or something. Yeah. Somebody who knows areas and elevations and things. Yeah. And study code. Science of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with historian too. Um, on October seventh, nineteen seventy, the Chronicle received a three by five inch card sewn style, signed by the Zodiac with the crosshair symbol. Um, damn it, I did it again. What your cursor? Yeah. Lol. Um, and a small cross reportedly drawn with blood. The card's message was foreign for by, by pasting words and letters from an edition of the of the Chronicle, and thirteen holes were punched across the card. Inspector Armstrong and Toshi agreed that it was highly probable that the card came from Zodiac. Um, on October 27, 1970, the Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who had been covering the Zodiac case, received a Halloween card oh, signed with the letter Z and the Zodiac's cross circle symbol. Handwritten on the card was note of the note was, quote, Peekaboo, you are doomed. Oh, God. End quote. The threat was taken seriously and received a front page story on the Chronicle. Soon after receiving a letter, Avery received a anonymous letter alerting him to the similarities between the Zodiac's activities and the unsolved murder of Cherry Joe Bates, which had occurred four years earlier at the City College in Riverside in the greater Los Angeles area, more than 400 miles to the south. He reported his findings to the Chronicle on the 16th. On October 30th, 1966, this is the Cherry Joe, Cherry Joe Bates murder. Um, they they gave it a little bit more uh, context. Mm-hmm. As a student of the Riverside Community College spent the evening at the campus annex, uh, library annex until it was closed at about 9 p.m. Neighbors reported hearing a scream at around 10.30. Bates was found dead the next morning, a short distance from the library between two abandoned houses, slated to be demolished for campus renovations. Near the wires in her Volkswagen, distributed cap had been pulled out, and she was brutally beaten and stabbed to death. A man's Timex watch was torn with a torn wristband was found. I did it again. <laughs> How does this keep happening? I don't know. was found nearby. The watch just stopped at 1224, but the police believed the attack did, had happened much earlier. Um, there are some 
similarities or some people try to make a connection between the timex watch saying that the the crosshair symbol was similar to the timex logo at the time but mm-hmm. i think that was a bit of a stretch, stretch. Um, a month later on november 29th 1966 a nearly identical typewritten letter were mailed to the riverside police and riverside press enterprise and well, titled... you said 1966 mm-hmm. we went back in time yes okay this is all about cherry joe bates oh okay or maybe it's sherry c-h-e-r-i I had one. I called her Sherry and then changed it to Cherry. It's Sherry. Go Sherry. Sherry. Um, mailed to the these, uh, newspapers. The author claimed responsibility for the Bates murder, providing details of the crime that were not released to the public. The author warned that the Bates is, quote, is one of the first and she will not be one of the last. In December 1966, a poem was discovered carved into the bottom side of a desktop in Riverside City College Library titled, quote, Sick of Living slash Unwilling to Die. The poem's language and handwriting resembled that of some of the Zodiac's letters. So, like, he was there. Their characters. Like, yeah. the E is similar. That's what people say. It was signed with what were assumed to be the initials R.H., during the 1970s investigation, Sherwood Morrill, California's top, quote, question documents examiner, expressed his opinion that the poem was written by the Zodiac. Okay. Um, we don't know, though. Yeah. Uh, on April 30th, 1967, exactly six months after the Bates murder, Bates's father, Joseph... Um, yeah. Okay. Bates's father, <laughs> Joseph, the press... What the fuck did I write? The press, Enterprise, and the Riverside Police all received nearly identical letters in a handwritten scrawl. Um, the press, Enterprise, and police copies read, quote, Bates had to die and there will be more, end quote, with a small uh, message at the bottom that resembled the letter Z. So did they ever, was, was he count, was, when in his letters, was he counting this death as one of his achievements or no? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I think it starts with, uh, Ready Joe, Barney Joe. The two that were shot in the yeah, car? Yeah, the first couple. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, on March 13th, 1971, five m- months, the, okay, so we're back in the future now, or in the past. Ba- back in the future. the future. Yeah. Um. Uh, Back to the future! Before, after Avery's article linking the Zodiac to the Riverside murder, the Zodiac mailed the letter to the Los Angeles Times. In the letter, he credited the police instead of Avery for discovering this, quote, Riverside activity, but they are only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. He said he did do it, but it wasn't the only one. He's saying there's a lot more other murders. Yeah. Uh, the connect- I, this sounds like now they're talking to someone who's not the Zodiac. Yeah. I think there's a, a moment that somebody else is some. It's tried a copy, to take credit. exactly a copycat person, which I think is a lot of what's gone on. Yeah. in the whole thing. I agree. Um, also, because they're not sharing anything with each other, uh-huh. they're yeah, just giving like that? the tiniest bit of information to each other. Because you said they were competing against each other. They mm-hmm. they thought that they if they competed, they they did, just didn't give information to each other. Yeah, it's fucking stupid um so the connection between cherry sherry joe bates in riverside and the zodiac remains complicated at best Uh uh paul avery and the riverside police department maintain that the bates homicide was not committed by the zodiac but did concede that some of the bates letters may have been in his work 
uh, to claim credit falsely. Um, I don't think, personally, because I believe they nearly had the killer. Yeah. And they didn't. They blamed a black person. Mm, well, they did that. But I believe they had the actual killer in their sights, but they couldn't nail him down. And I'll get there. Okay. Uh, on March 22nd, 1971, a postcard to the Chronicle addressed to Paul Averly. Averly. Uh, is believed It's Avery, but he misspells things oh. on purpose. Uh, and believed to be from the Zodiac, appeared to claim responsibility for the disappearance of Donna Lass on September 6, 1970, made from a collage of advertisements and magazine letterings. These are the ones where I don't think it is the Zodiac it's speaking. Else. Because, because they wrote he would have come. He would have done it in a cipher. Characters, yes. Uh, it featured a scene from an advertisement of Forest Pines condominiums, and the text quotes Sierra Club, quote, sought victim 12, quote, peek through the pines, quote, past Lake Tahoe areas, and quote, around the snow. Zodiac's cross circle symbol was in, was in both in place at the usual return address and at the lower right section of the front face of the postcard. Um, but I'm sure that they've been posting these. They put them all in the papers. So people are seeing this shit, and they're like, it's the same thing about Jack the Ripper. Like, they were like, Jack the Ripper's all about town, and everyone's like, yeah, we're all a lawless bunch, too, so we'll just go kill people as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I mean, that's a problem with a lot of high-profile cases. Exactly. The media gives away too much, and then the police have nothing to go off of. You have of. copycat things. Um. Or you get no information, like in the Candyman murders, where it was just like, yeah, kids are just running away. Don't know what happened. You should <laughs> no, probably be a better parent. Our kid didn't run away. No, they did. They did. There's not a truck route from Madisonville up to fucking Seattle. That doesn't even make any sense. Uh, well, they did. They ran away. Sorry, Must have I walked like through the you. forest. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you. Um, last and they was... find all the bodies inside of a fucking boat shed, and they're like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Well, we're going to stop counting because yeah. there's, there's a lot. And he's going to go to jail forever anyway. So, yeah. Justice no, is not, not jail, dead. Get dead. shot. Well, yeah, he's already dead. Yeah. Um, Lass was a nurse at the Sahara Tahoe Hospital in, uh, Hotel and Casino. She worked until about 2 a.m. on September 6th, 1970, after treating her last patient at about 1.40 a.m. Later that same day, both Lass's employer and her landlord received phone calls from an unknown male falsely claiming Lass had left town due to a family emergency. Lass was never found. What appeared to what appeared to be a gravesite was discovered near Claire Tapan Lodge in Norden, California, on Sierra Club property, but an excavation yielded only a pair of sunglasses. No evidence had ever been uncovered to connect the last disappearance with the Zodiac Killer definitively. But it is, it is believed. Um, in the Vallejo Times Herald story appearing on November thirteenth, nineteen seventy-two, Bill Baker of the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office postulated that the nineteen sixty-three murder of a young couple in northern Santa Barbara County might have been the work of the Zodiac Killer. Isn't Santa Barbara in South Cal- South California? Mm, I don't think so. I thought Santa Monica was the one that's in the north. I just talked about Santa Barbara. I thought that was in the South. I think it's somewhere between Los Angeles and San Francisco. Oh. Los Angeles and San Francisco are not close to each other. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> not, not one bit. But but, but there. Right, yeah. So somewhere in the middle. <laughs> just about like, I don't know, 400 square miles. 
Um, <laughs> high school senior Sorry. Robert Domingos and fiance Linda Edwards were shot dead on a beach near Lompoc, having skipped school that day for, quote, senior ditch day. Oh, my God. Imagine, like, oh, I'm having the best time of my life. Shot dead. Yep. <laughs> also, so, I mean, never mind. I'll, Don't I'll skip wait. school, kids. Yeah, that. Uh, police believe that the assailant attempted to bind the victims, but when they freed themselves and attempted to flee, the killer shot them repeatedly in the back and chest with a twenty-two caliber. The killer placed their bodies in a small shack and then tried unsuccessfully to burn the structure to the ground. After the Pines card, the Zodiac remained silent for nearly three years. The Chronicle then received letters from Zodiac postmarked January 29th, 1974, praising, quote, the Exorcist the movie as the best satirical comedy that I have ever seen. The letter included a snippet of a verse from the Mikado. A comedy? Uh, yeah. Stupid. Uh, which at the time it was known as the scariest and most it diabolical movie of all time. It still is. People still consider The Exorcism as one of the scariest movies. I like it. I don't think it's scary, but it's yeah. creepy. Um, an unusual symbol at the bottom has remained unexplained by the researchers. <coughs> Zodiac concluded the letter with a new score, me, 37, SFPD, zero. When did he get to 37? After three years? Mm-hmm. Suddenly he's escalated. He was at 13 before. Yeah, 24 people have just suddenly died. Yep. And he's like, yeah, it was me. So Robert Graysmith was the uh, cartoon editor at the uh, Chronicle yeah. during the time of the Zodiac Killers, and he took a massive interest in the Zodiac case. Mm -hmm. So he wrote a whole book upon the subject, um, and he noticed, notifies us of the most uh, likely candidate of the Zodiac Killer, which I believe. Okay. Um, Arthur he Lee was Allen invested in this and and was paying attention to it like everything that was coming in. Yes. Okay. Who's Arthur Lee Allen? Arthur Lee Allen was a potential suspect based upon circumstantial evidence. Allen had been interviewed by the police from the early days of the Zodiac investigation and was uh, the subject of several search warrants over a twenty-year period. In two thousand and seven, Graysmith noted that several police detectives described Allen as the most likely suspect. However, in twenty ten, Tashi. Tashi, one of the main detectives on the case, stated that all evidence against Allen ultimately turned out to be negative. Okay, but also, didn't they have people who were attacked by this person? Yes. Who could confirm? <laughs> I don't know, they're still alive. They're they younger. Yes, but they wouldn't. They were. Some of them were very afraid. Even 40 years after? Mm, at the time. I don't oh. know if they've asked them again because Arthur Lee Allen died. Oh, okay. Um, on October 6, 1969, Allen was interviewed by Detective John Lynch of the Vallejo Police Department. Allen had reportedly been in the vicinity of Lake Berryessa attack against Hartnell and Shepard on the 27th. He described himself as, quote, a scuba diving at Salt Lake Point on the day of the attacks. Allen again became to police attention in 1971 when his friend Donald Cheney reported to the police in Manhattan Beach that Allen had spoke of his desire to kill people using the name Zodiac, securing a flashlight to a firearm for visibility at night. Uh, according to Cheney, this conversation occurred no later than January 1st, 1969. That's only 11 days after the first supposed murder. Oh. 
Uh, Jack Mulnax of the Vallejo Police Department subsequently wrote Allen had received an other than honorable discharge from the U.S. Navy in 1958. He had been fired from his job as an elementary school teacher in March 68 after allegations of sexual, sexual misconduct with students. Ew. From an elementary school? Mm-hmm. Gross. Why are people like this? No. He was generally well regarded by those who knew him, but he was also described as fixated on young children and angry at women. Apparently never had a girlfriend or a wife, which... Um, Are you a gay? <laughs> on September uh, September of 1972, San Francisco police obtained a search warrant for Allen's residence. In 74, Allen was arrested for sexually assaulting a 12-year-old boy. He pled guilty and served two years of imprisonment. Vallejo police served another search warrant at Allen's residence in February of 1991, two days after Allen's death uh, in 1992. What? He was served a warrant. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two days after Allen's death in 1992, Vallejo police served another warrant and seized the property from Allen's residence. Other evidence existed against Allen, albeit entirely circumstantial. A letter sent to the Riverside Police Department from Bates' killer was typed with a royal typewriter in an elite type, the same brand found in his residence. He owned and wore a zodiac brand watch mm, he lived in vallejo and worked minutes away from one of the zodiac victims uh in 2002 the sfpd developed a partial dna profile from the saliva on the stamps and envelopes of the zodiac le- letters sfpd compared this to partial dna uh, partial dna to the dna of arthur lee allen the dna comparison was also made with the dna of don cheney who was allen's former close friend and the first person to suggest that Allen may have been the Zodiac killer. Since neither test resulted in an indicated match, Allen and Cheney were excluded as the contributors of the DNA. But also those letters, we are not certain that they were all by the same person. Exactly. So you creating these partial DNA matches, we don't know this actual Zodiac killer. Retired police handwriting expert, Lloyd Cunningham, who also worked on the Zodiac case for decades, added that, quote, they gave me banana boxes full of Allen's writing, and none of his writing even claimed close came close to the Zodiacs, nor did DNA extracted from the envelope on the Zodiac letters come close to Arthur Lee Allen. While police often use document examiners during investigations, court rulings on the scientific validity of handwriting analysis have been mixed to negative. Um... There was just a whole lot of him being in the right place at the wrong time and things that were just slightly off. Like he uh, supposedly checked out a whole bunch of books from the Vallejo Library Uh about coding and construction of codes and ancient codes. So this is circumstantial evidence. There's just little coincidences that mm-hmm. made it look like him and he could have been checking out those books to depending on the time that he did it could have been checking out those books to solve the code because just as the police were trying to solve it oh they were before oh okay yeah that's creepy. um and i'm not sure because i didn't see anything about it from my research but in the movie uh-huh. um he was he worked as a uh movie poster designer Uh um and a lot of the fonts and scripts that he used for those 
match to the Zodiac handwriting. But that's the Zodiac killer. Interesting. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Let's talk about GameStop. Woohoo! The Zodiac killer has always been so freaking interesting to me. Um, Because... First of all, we don't have any answer. Second of all, it's literally just, like, speculated wildly. Like Because it's the first of its kind. Exactly. And, like, the fact that this man was con- was sending code to people and, like, these codes. I mean, the fucking FBI and um, U.S. military crack people's codes all the time. They've been doing that since forever. <laughs> Of cracking codes, but they can't crack this guy's whatever he's doing. Well, I mean, he did a lot of things in there to make it so that it wasn't intelligible. Exactly. Like, he would spell Forrest with two R's. Yeah. And he'd spell slow S-L-O-I. Yeah. And they would think that that was a misstep. Yeah. And wouldn't continue, even though it's available other other places in the cipher. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it was Arthur Lee Allen. Do you think but it was? We'll never know. Yeah, because he's dead now. Been dead for famously dead for quite some time. Thirty years. Almost. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. Yeah. Um. No, I, I'm okay. Thank you. No, I was just. Are we? Are we paused? No. Oh. <laughs> well. Um. Yeah, so I had a question came to me while we were listening and no, discussing. Heart what? No heart, no heart emoji. Um, I was going to say, if you had the power of going back in time, if you were able to go back in time, uh, knowing the things that we know now, would you go back and, like, I would go back to, like, some of these cases that I want to know more answers. See, I just want to know that maybe – when we die, that I'll know all the answers. Yeah, you'll just get all the answers of everything. Who is the Zodiac killer? How many people? Like this guy, and I'll be like, I know who that is, but now I know. Yeah. Uh, Who? Who? How many people did Dean Coral kill? You know, these are the questions that I quite that I wonder. But like, also, if I had the power of going back to time, going back in time, I would go back and stop these things from happening. I'd be like. First, first, but the butterfly effect. I know that's what I'm saying because I'd go back and be like, the, the first murder of, or even when Dean Curl's just being weird, he's like that man's gonna murder a shit ton of boys in in Houston. Uh, but then he doesn't do it, and it doesn't happen all until those... later in the '80s, and he kills more people. Yeah, that's true. Or little boys are all uh, all alive still, and then but- butterfly effect. They all do things in the world, and so much shit is changed. Yeah. Butterfly effect, bitch. I'm just, that's what I'm, uh, fingers crossed, girl, for when I die. <laughs> I want to know everything. Yeah. I need to know all of the details. You're like, hey, God, did you make those dinosaurs uh, have more money? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, God, what would the seventh season of Shit's Creek be like? I got you. <laughs> I Don't worry. I ha- I already filmed it's it. It's 13 episodes. <laughs> I already <laughs> I already filmed it, bitch. You excited? Yes. <laughs> Stupid. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. I don't know. 
there's it's like what we talked about jack the ripper we're just we'll we have to we'll be never o- know we'll have to be okay with never knowing yeah like but i will when i die when i die i'll find out who jack the ripper was or jane the ripper what if it hey. ends up being a woman what if the zodiac was a woman i don't think it was people the, well, the people who who were stabbed well the stabbing maybe not but the rest are all shootings well the one was still alive he said it was a man too. Paul Stein. People witnessed a man getting out of the car. I don't think it was a woman. Listen, <laughs> it could be a big woman. What? What, what is Tom yelling about? What? Who? Said that Jack the Ripper was a woman. Zodiac. They said Zodiac was a woman. Oh well, American Horror Story is. Uh... <laughs> Not questionable. Not historical <laughs> at the best of times. Not, not even close to historical fiction. <laughs> no. Heart emoji. <laughs> no. Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> oh, Sarah Paulson did it. Sarah. She, she has been around. Ew. Did you see that? No. What was that? <laughs> Something touched my face. That was weird. Earlier, Thomas Gay thought cast. that somebody had followed him down the stairs. Was it Mammy? No. Is it ghost down here? Are Ain't there no ra- ghosts. Are there raises in your walls? <laughs> what? I said, are there raises in your walls? I still, still want looking to, know. to find out. <laughs> I still want to know. I want to know. Still Although curious. last night I did hear some noises down here, but I think it was the wind. Uh-huh. Oh, that that's it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't confirm if it was? Uh, I well, heard he woke up. You woke up, too. And uh, you were You did this. Because Kennedy growled a little. It's a ghost. You have a ghost. It's a ghost. Ghost. Oh my God. We got a ghost story. I'm not worried. <laughs> You're not worried. Just I'm worried about them. people breaking in and having a stranger's moment. My oh my God. My friend uh, Quentin always tells me with ghosts like you just yell at them. They're just people who are bored. <laughs> that's that's what she says. They're just people. They're they're bored. If it's a if she's like unless it's like a malicious spirit, then you got a problem. But she's like otherwise just yell at them. Tell them to go away. <laughs> Go play Animal Crossing. Yeah. The, the, the switch is downstairs. Go away. Stop talking. Yeah, honestly. That's what my mom tells me. <laughs> <laughs> and we all think of you like a ghost. You show up unwanted. It's still true. Never you leave look, and you're invisible. Look pasty. You're never wearing clothes. <laughs> Speaking of which, get out. Get, get out. I put, I put on my clothes. It's cold here. <laughs> No, we have heat. It's cold in my house. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, ooh. Um, ooh. Uh, we have not turned on the heat at my house. So it's 65 currently upstairs. Do you know how cold it was down here today? How? How, how cold did it get? 55? Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> 55 degrees inside. What? I don't even know what the temperature was outside. I didn't even know that air conditioners could go below 60. <laughs> I think I think they just the said lowest. sixty, and then they would get they would stop. But it said fifty five today. I don't but, think you can set it for no, fifty five. No, no, you can't set it for fifty five, but it can get lower. See, I thought when it hit like fifty five, it was just like, Wops! I can't measure that it's anymore. Cold. <laughs> no, that's not how that. That's not how thermometers work. It's not a thermometer. It's a thermostat. <laughs> Bitch, where do you think the term thermostat comes from? (laughs) 
I don't think they program it to have a four on there because they don't expect people to have a four. It's a it's like a clock. They have all the numbers. Not necessarily. It oh has to be god. programmed it's to like, know what a four looks like. Oh my god. It's an analog clock. It's not. <laughs> it's a digital clock. Or not analog, yeah, digital, whatever. But But it may not know every number because it's not programmed to know those numbers. It doesn't need I don't need to have this argument with you because I know that I'm right. No, and you're very you're wrong. You're very wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a thermostat. No, Shut. it's a thermometer. <laughs> <laughs> silly. Silly, silly, silly. Hey. Hey. No. Heart, heart emoji. <laughs> you're wrong. Heart. <laughs> LOL. Um, I did want to take a second just because I'm here now um, and uh, just throw out some... Um, some of the honorable mentions of topics that we were going to oh, do. Oh, all right. I was just going to say, like, we had uh, the murder of Selena, recommended by uh, Selena Thomas Kipania. from Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. They actually talked about it on their podcast. They so did. if you didn't want to hear us jammer on and uh, what is it? What is it called when we talk? Murmur. Mumble. Uh, Mincing. Mincing. Chittering. <laughs> uh, you could head on over to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff.com. Let's Talk About Gay Stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Talk Gay Stuff on Twitter. Drop them a line at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Absolutely. At They've also talked about some spoopy things on their podcast. They talked about John Wayne Gacy, too. Yeah, in relation to uh, homosexuality. Gaiety. Um Jeffrey Dahmer was, was featured on, on uh, one of their daily posts, so classic uh another person we we kind of talked about was gianna versace uh or no we discussed involving discussed in discussing discussed discussing uh we talked about the dating game killer Ooh, that's a good one uh the oj case uh-huh. uh yeah. the princess diana death slash possible murder mm-hmm. did uh, i say the jenny jones murder mm-hmm. oh the jenny jones murder uh we'll we also talked about tupac's murder as a possible topic as well that's or is he dead? Ooh. 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 Kisses. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have something to tell me about? Uh, our sister podcast, our Ruby podcast. No, no. Oh, yeah. I have something else to tell you about, though. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we, the answer is yes to that, but also no. no. Well, let me tell you about the AIDS Foundation Houston. Though. Yes. <laughs> So, AIDS Foundation Houston is hosting their annual World AIDS Day Luncheon on December the 1st. However, this year, things will be a little different. For 2020, World AIDS Day will be a virtual experience. AFH was founded in 1982 and has continued to serve the evolving needs of those living with and affected by HIV and AIDS in the community. AFH's World AIDS Day Luncheon was a finalist for the best fundraising event in the city by Outsmart's 2020 Gayest and Greatest. On December 1st, the event will be hosted but live by Ernie Manus from B Design. The show will include celebrity cameos and interviews, pop-ins by AFH staff and board, Mayor Sylvester Turner, Judge Lena Hildago, client and community testimonials, award honorees, drag and musical performances, and so much more. We are proud to be media partners and hope that you will join us in the fight to end HIV epidemic in Houston by supporting World AIDS Day 2020, a virtual event. Access to the event starts at just $5, and underwriting opportunities start at $500. Please visit WorldAidsDayHouston.org to learn more. We'd also like to thank our OG sponsor. The real one. The OG. Another one. (laughs) DJ Khaled. (laughs) 
we'd like to thank our sponsor, Econo Works. They are a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platforms, Econo Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works! works. Boo, 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 boo. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W A R K S dot com. Economy Works. Yum! I don't know why I got tongue tied on that. That's why you both say it. Yeah, but also I haven't gotten tongue tied on that since like episode 20. September 21st. 2019. 2019. Picture it. Sicily. 1912. No? I wasn't alive. I can't. I was. Look at the skin. Benjamin Button's disease. I'm just aging backwards. God, I'm I so hope beautiful. you are unborn soon. <laughs> just turn into a tiny child. Like, wow. <laughs> I don't think we can do this podcast anymore because I don't think you're age appropriate. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm a baby. Uh, I'm baby. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, we'd also like to uh, shout out to our awkward uh, stepdaughter that... Uh, came out of a bog and they're like as a mummy. really obsessed with Dutch culture right yeah, now. Really into, they're really into clogs. Yeah. <laughs> really into clogs. Wooden shoes. They're really into clogs. Uh, that's our Rupee podcast. Oh, yes. Our Rupee podcast. Who are they hosted by? Um, me. <laughs> Heart and <laughs> Me. And sometimes I have a guest. Uh, you and have I a, don't remember their name. You have a guest every week, and it's a person that won't stop calling. <laughs> so, if you want to contact the police to help me get a restraining order, please call 281. <laughs> Let me know, bitch. Uh, that's our Rupee podcast. Our Rupee podcast. Our Rupee podcast. Our it's Rupee my Rupee podcast, but it's also your Rupee podcast. It's not yours. <laughs> it's everyone's, but it's not. It's not yours. It's not. We we don't talk about scary things. Well, we kind of do. Drag queens are kind of scary. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about some Dragula soon. So yeah, that that, 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 that is that'll scary. get you some scary. At some point, we'll talk about Dracula. Uh, well, we'll get there <laughs> after you see what happens with this shit show on. Well, and so that's our Rupee <laughs> podcast at ourrupeepodcast.com, our Rupee podcast on Facebook. And Apparently that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you can drop them a line at ourrupeepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. <laughs> Heart emoji. Heart emoji. <laughs> Stupid. Um, who else do we have to thank? I'd like Me. to thank. I'd like to thank uh, all of my fans and supporters for all the. Uh, uh, for dealing with us, honestly. <laughs> I'd like to thank all my fans for all of the great mail that you guys have been sending us. None. Heart None. emojis. <laughs> Anyways. Keep up the great work, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we tell them to... Get... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I, oh, whoa. I do want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Happy Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> and remember <laughs> to... Get spooky with it!